ever. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you don't hang with no dummy. Oh, no. I knew that. Yeah. Okay, you guys, stand by. I'll put you on. Thank stand you, Bill. By. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, I'll put you on. Okay. Stand by. All right. All right, everybody, we got somebody special on the line, a whole house full of them. <laughs> Mystery guest, will you stand up and introduce yourself, please? Merry Christmas to all of you. Hey, Merry Christmas, Bill. Patricia, would you like to do the introduction? I mean, this is your show. Well, it's not my show, but I'd be happy to do the introduction. The person you just heard was Bill Bragg, and then you heard Walden Hughes, and now you're hearing Patricia in Florida. How's that for a group? Very good. Wow. <laughs> I think Larry, well, and I think Larry, I'm impressed. And I'm I, impressed. And I think Larry and John gone to bed. You know, the, we're, we're the only sane ones in the group. We stay up. So, anyway, thank you, Bill, for turning on the blue. I appreciate that. You stayed me a bunch of steps. So, thank you so much. All righty, you're on. And so, all you got to do is just do uh, uh, do a uh, five off, I guess. Six off. Uh, six uh, off. Yeah, or six off. Yeah, that'll do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, yeah, Bill. Well, well, see, we're still on both networks right now. Oh, should we should be just on the we should be just on the blue. It's up to you, Only Bill. Only on the blue. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, hang on. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. <laughs> okay. Now we're on uh, on only the blue. Thank you, Bill. Talk to you later. All righty. Bye, bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks, Bill. Bye, bye. Yeah, a little, a little. Charlie Brown goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, everybody, it is Monday night, December the 11th, year 2017. Larry wanted to join us, but, you know, see, I haven't talked to Patricia in such a long time. But, what well, you know. Oh, no. Well, you know, he went off, he, I think yeah. he went, I think he went to bed. Because he just. <laughs> Larry. <Ooh>. Larry. Oh. <laughs> okay. I haven't talked to Patricia in such a long time. Went to bed. <laughs> I, I am still here. Yeah, I did true. fall asleep, though. I'm glad. Goodness. And I woke up at 25 after 11. Oh, you're good. You're good. I, I was Just in time. I was busy working on stuff just to stay awake. So. Just stuff. Stuff. Spivak stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Patricia asked me about my day. I was going to tell her, but I'm going to tell the family. My, uh, my mom has an appointment for a, a surgery for next week. And that's all came across the last two days. She's been having issues since, oh, August. Probably before then. And uh, the surgery that she did to alleviate the issue just did not work. And she's been stuck in, what do you call it? Uh, administrative loopy-loop-loop. Loop. Limbo. Limbo. <laughs> oh, oh. So what she did on Sunday, Patricia, she called the the off the the number that they have for the weekend, and the doctor called her directly. And so she got uh -huh. the chance to talk to the doctor and said, 
Have anybody looked over your body? No. Okay. I think I'm going to need to go back in and make a bigger hole. So, she's going to see the doctor Wednesday, do pre-op Thursday, and then Friday the 22nd, she goes in for surgery at 4 o'clock West Coast time. So, so she's excited. I think she's excited that it's going to happen before Christmas. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, oh, that's that's good. That's my mom, and my dad has some back issues, but he's getting a shot in the back on Wednesday, so that should alleviate that. So that's been my family health issues for the week. So we're we're good around here. We we have, if mom said we have hope. That's what she said. She's a good lady. Yeah, yeah. She so, really is. She's a wonderful lady. So that means. I'm not expecting my mom doing too much Christmas Eve weekend. I, you know, surgery and everything. Yeah. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect nobody to roll out the, the, the goodies. No, even if she, even if she feels well, she needs to pay attention to her body. So she yeah. needs some rest. So, Period. So I have spoken. Yes. So Patricia sent an email to that effect. I want you to. I need your stamp of approval. On take it easy. You know. Why so, certainly. You know, do that. That way, that will happen. Christmas Eve weekend, you're gonna hear a lot of Patricia and Walden because Walden Patricia doesn't are not getting out of the house. <laughs> so, uh, well. Really. Well. You might. You might get out before I do. <laughs> I doubt that. Well, yeah, maybe I would. You, you, you might go down to Walmart and see Walmart. I don't think so, but, you know. Hello? Hello? <laughs> are you Are you still there? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I bet it's a madhouse oh. now. December? Oh. Anyway, so they do have a lot of room in there. Ah, you yeah, point. I you hear get, crackles. Yeah, you got sound effects. Okay, they're gone. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so on the twenty second that Friday night, I'll be with my mom for the surgery, like we were here in September with Dad. So I'm having John Larry handle our uh, our guest. We have a guest who's been on a couple of times. Craig Wickman, who's written a book on all the radio version of the Christmas Carol. Ooh. Yeah. How many? How many are there? Oh, I, we're gonna have to ask him. I think he bought. I think. Have, have, I think. How many? I think close to a hundred. This is not broadcast. These are iterations of it. Different these, these are these are radio broadcasts. Yeah. But the, uh, for example, the, um, what's his face? Oh, who's that? Um, Lionel Barrymore. Barry. Yeah. B- B- Lionel Barrymore, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, gee, that just ran right out of my head. He, now, he did he did several. Are all of the ones that he did considered separate broadcasts? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, that, well, that would make sense. So he, like, he did about, he did about 18 of them or something. And, uh. Yeah. And he's counting the British versions and everything else, so I think, uh-huh. I think he's close to a hundred. Um, is, is he going to do the really 
I'll say it anyway. I'm going to get beaten up for <laughs> a really stupid one that they did. For uh, one of them was for was it box thirteen? Uh, yeah, I think he does. Box I, was, yes, was one. Yeah, I think and he. And there was another one. Oh, Richard, yeah, Richard Diamond, not very good. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I That's think the he. One that was a real woofer. I think he does the, the woofers too, and and he's also read the book and done a deep analysis, you know, about Chris McKill in terms of literature for him, and he's a, he's uh-huh. a, he's an actor himself, so he his radio drama group had put on a a a version of it too. Uh-huh. And wow. so, so we, so, so we're gonna have him on. And in fact, I'll 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 go get you a copy of the book, so that way you can look at it too. So, so it'd be I think cool. you get you would get fun you get kicked out of the book. But anyway, so <laughs> the woofers I will. <laughs> so, anyway, um. So that he so case I'm gonna have John Rory handle the guests on Friday. So I don't know what time I'll be home. So on the 23rd, we're gonna do Christmas pre. What do you call the 23rd? The the day before pre Christmas Eve, I guess, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the eve of Christmas Eve. <laughs> so yes, when you say we, am am I that we? Yeah, you're that we too. Um, I'm that we. Am I? And I am I a we on Friday? It's, no, I'm going to give you that night off. Oh, thank you. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do that. Well, just, just, just every once in a while, just send me an email. Don't forget this day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right now, I think John Rory and I'll do some of the daytime on the 23rd. Maybe sneak down for an hour or something, and then you and I have a normal routine Saturday night on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And then on the 24th Christmas Eve, Patricia and I will do some hours during the day. And I'll have her come back with me, with me like we always have for many, many, many years. We've been together doing this for 12 years, everybody. I think it's 12. No, at least 10. I think the, at least 2007, we have spent every Christmas Eve together. Isn't that? So this will be 11. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 17. Yeah, this is eleven. Yeah. So I think I think Whoa. we. Should, yeah. Yeah. We're so growing. We're growing old we before are, everybody's ears. We are. So, so Patricia and I will spend some time together Christmas Eve with the family before we get Michael Beale. And then you know, if Patricia's not too worn out, maybe I'll have a comeback Christmas night. So we'll see. We'll play everything oh. day by day. An hour by hour. Maybe pencil, yeah, pencil me in. You know. And if Patricia has a better offer, we'll 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 renegotiate we'll her contract. And do you have anything in mind that I should go out and start uh, soliciting? Well, we'd never. T- we'd never. What the, the better offer? You, you said if I have a better offer, yeah. and I said, do you have any suggestions <laughs> I should start looking for? <laughs> Nah. Oh. Uh, this is the best. This is the bestest. That's the truth. It's true. Anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Patricia does have her Rudolph book up in her room, so maybe one night she'll bring it down and we can read a little bit from Rudolph. Ooh, that 
That would be wonderful. Maybe you want to do that tomorrow. You know, we'll bring Rudolph down. I could, I could do that, and I've got a whole bunch of Christmas stuff on my computer. I went through. I don't know what's on the big computer. I know I've got more on the big computer, but I had loads of Christmas on this little one. And so I, I reclaimed all of the and put them in a separate envelope so I could just open that one little folder. And tomorrow night begins, oh, actually during the day, tomorrow is the beginning of Hanukkah. Ah. Yeah, so for tomorrow, I have some Hanukkah goodies. Good. Well, Michael Bill said he's going to, yeah. Michael Bill's going to pull out some Hanukkah music next Sunday. So I, I told that's good. We're going to have some oh, Hanukkah music nice. on the 17th. Uh-huh. And he'll yeah. pull out some Christmas Eve music on the 24th, and he'll pull out some News Eve stuff on the 31st, so he'll be in sync. Hey, and by, and by the way, everybody, we are live. I know. This is the time of the season when people really don't know if Juan and Patricia aren't live, because we're on almost all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so we are live. It is Monday night. If you look at your calendar, uh, in California, December 11th, year 2017. And Patricia and I are here at 714-545-2071. And we need a sound check. You have to tell Walden if you're hearing him okay and if you're hearing me okay. And if not, I don't know how you're going to call. (laughs) 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 Walden is in charge of the numbers. (laughs) And I have to thank everybody. Our podcast is on Gamebusters. We are... A smash in Italy, like, like over the weekend, two hundred over two hundred sixty-five uh, downloads over the weekend in Italy. So my word. Yeah. So. So could one could one person do all of that? Yep, one person how many, could. How many pod, Yeah, how many podcasts do you have up there? Uh, probably over two hundred fifty of them. Oh. Oh, my goodness, we are all over the place, aren't we? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, uh, hooray, hooray, hooray. We, we, we're, we're heard over 3,400 times already. And yeah. so you click on the Golden Days of Radio podcast with Walden Hughes and Patricia from Florida on SoundCloud.com or TuneIn or Skechers or Google or iTunes. We would love you. So please do that. That way you can hear more Walden, Patricia. <laughs> really? Sure. sure. Oh, well. Oh. I'm going to have to let my relatives know. <laughs> None of them stay up late. Well, now they don't, all in bed. Now they don't have a, now they don't have an excuse. They can listen to you during the day on the podcast. That's right. That's right. I'll have to uh, just get them up in shape here. <laughs> I can do that. Oh. I can do that. So, so what's we going to do Christmas stuff? I've got some little itty-bitty things here. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you, I, yeah. my, my thinking originally, I wouldn't keep you up too late, you know, because uh, you got to get ready for it. delicate. Yes, you got to get, and so uh, I thought I would tuck you in bed, you know, in the next 40 minutes or so. Okay. If you want to stay up a little later, that's fine, or go to bed a little earlier, that's fine. And then what I have, okay. what I have is Bob Hope in the early 80s did two-hour Christmas special for NBC Radio. So we have the one from 1982. 
And what did he do in the special? He would um, pull highlights from his old radio shows from the 30s and 40s, Christmas style. And then he would uh-huh. pull out songs, current songs, or people who've been on his TV shows or things over the years, or or, or other people um, sketches on radio, Christmas style. Mm-hmm. It was like a big variety thing for two hours. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Very nice. So that's what we got. I don't think I don't. I don't recall anybody else having done that. Is am I correct? No, not really. I I found a. I didn't realize this happened about the same time, but during Thanksgiving, Johnny Carson did a Thanksgiving special on radio featuring comedy. Uh-huh. And I remember in the 70s, they would have special things on Christmas Day where Frank Sinatra and family would do something, John Denver would do something, and Tennessee Irving Ford would do something, you know, an hour or two special, Johnny Mathis. So I remember those, but... No, of the eighties is what I remember. How about that? So, you you have a um, you're one of the in the brain trust. No, the yeah the brain trust. Mm-hmm. FDR had that. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're a brain. You can you can be there. <laughs> Speaking of FDR. Yes. One of the internet questions of the day a couple of days ago was, who said. A day will live in infamy, and it was on December seventh that this this was questioned, and they gave four answers: mm-hmm. Dwight Eisenhower, Theodore Roosevelt, Harry Truman, or FDR. Do you know twenty seven percent of the people didn't pick FDR? Only seventy three percent knew it was FDR, and well, that sincerely must include uh, the people who looked it up first. Isn't that scary? More than 25% of the people in this country who answered that little itty-bitty quiz didn't know. Well, I'm wondering now if Don't it gets... cut him any slack now. I am. Don't, you are? Okay. Well, here's, <laughs> my, you here's my logical... Our generations that grew up, you know, with family members in World War II, you know, mm-hmm. uncle, aunts... Um, my case, my dad was Korea. You probably have family members that served in World War Two, so mm-hmm. it, we have a more of a closer tie, and so the news and everything, especially into the early eighties, would remind us that, that Pearl Harbor day and they play excerpt of FDR speech. Now I think a lot of that is just I don't know if the, the mainstream media. Does a good of job covering that. I want all that been shifted to the History Channel, so I'm just wondering if the millennials, the the kids that are thirty and under, have are not in touch with history that way, like we were. So maybe that's why we have such a high rate of twenty seven percent that don't know that was FDR's speech. Just a thought. <coughs> I'm still brokenhearted about it. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, Alabama is going to vote tomorrow. Mm-hmm. FDR said a day that will live in infamy. And oh my goodness, we are so busy, busy, busy. Okay, I have a presidential quote for you. Please do. Okay. 
What's wrong with being a boring kind of guy? A B O R E N? Yeah. Boring um, kind of guy? He's a, yeah, he's bored. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, you don't, you're not a very good conversationalist. Yeah, but who said it? Oh. <laughs> it's a presidential <laughs> question. <laughs> oh, gee. Okay. Um, one hour and it's going to be really long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, okay, I'm confused. Yeah, this is a presidential quote. Who said, what's wrong with being a boring kind of guy? Talking Rich about himself. Okay, Richard Nixon. No. He was, though, wasn't he? Yeah. He's um, very dry. Bill Clinton. No. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> I'll give him a break. I wonder if he listens to us. He spends four to eight hours a day watching cable news networks. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I had a dream, uh, a dream a couple of days ago that we would get a call from the White House offering Donald Trump to us. For what? We have, he wants to for an for an yeah, interview. Yeah, come, come on our show. I wonder who would like to do that. Would you like to interview? I'd love to interview him. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think we can do it. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Stranger things have happened. I You're mean, right. you, you are a worldwide, worldwide known international <laughs> broadcasting personality. Anything can happen one to of, you. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... Getting back to what's wrong with being a boring kind of guy, it was George H.W. Bush, the guy with the broccoli. Yeah. Well, I think in a way, I think he was pretty dry, you know, if you think mm -hmm. about him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he was low-key. He always struck me as a low-key person. I, I'm not sure I've got the right, the right word for him, but he always struck me as... You know, not in your face by any means. Well, you, th kind of low key. You, you should think about what we had in that run. Nixon, Ford, Carter, not the most dynamic personalities of all time. Yeah. Then you had, Ra you had Reagan, who had the personality, and then you had Bush that did not quite have the same personality. Bill Clinton had personality. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we had... You know, over the last seven, eight, probably get a handful. Yeah. That had that really blockbuster personality uh -huh. thing. So. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I have another quote. Okay. I went through my stuff, and I found presidential quotes that I had never given to you before. It says, "I have opinions of my own, strong opinions, but I don't always agree with myself." Hmm. Uh, Harry Truman. George H. W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's very self-effacing, and I I don't know when we read something like this if he was I don't know if if he was deliberately humorous or if these things really came out of his mouth in conversations and typical, you know. Mm hmm. What do you think? Well, and also doesn't it 
look different on print than how we might hear it sound over mm-hmm. oh sure all the way too oh, sure and, and and in context it would make a huge difference um, if someone if someone for example during an interview said well this is what you said during the campaign but this is what you're doing now mm-hmm. and he might come back and say I have strong opinions but I don't always agree with them well, with faith, with, and, that, with, and that would be a proper context. What? With faith, hmm. they, they hunt him on, you know, read my, read my lip, that whole routine. That, oh, that, yes. Oh. No, no taxes. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. So he, he took a beating in some arenas, too. You're right. Yeah. He but sure on the did. whole, I, I think he was a very endearing person. Yes. I'm not prepared. Yeah, I'm not prepared yeah. to do, you know, to give any, oh, whatchamacallit, any... Well, opinions on his presidency because uh, I'm ashamed to tell you I was not able to follow him as much as I am able to follow the more recent presidents. Well, and also, let's face it, you're supposed to give a little time time period before you look back. Patricia, the historian, needs a few more years. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I need a lot more years. Could you arrange that for me, please? Sure. Sure. I can do that. Now... Um. Now it's interesting. I think Barbara Bush will be well remembered and w- and very and fun- very fondly remembered over the yes, years. Yes, and she is very fondly regarded today. Mm-hmm. Yes, and had and, and was throughout his presidency. So yeah, yeah indeed, indeed. Anybody that would go walking around in in the White House in a bathrobe, wishing the whole staff a good morning, has to be a downright nice person, right? That's that. You bet. You betcha, girl wonder, boy wonder, whatever. <laughs> I lost my Christmas folder. Can you imagine that? It's around here somewhere. I put it in somebody's folder. Um, okay, keep talking. 714-545-2071 is our number. It is 928 here on West Coast. Don't make, you can't make me laugh tonight. I will do that. Patricia, been un- <laughs> Patricia been under the weather a little bit, you know. She has. Well, sounds good, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. You always bail me out. I try. I try. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyway, it was so much fun having the Colonel on last Saturday. See, Patricia did yeah. a, another good job, and I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we had the Colonel on, and. uh we we'll have to figure out what we're gonna do next in terms of interviews. I know Patricia put in some, got some new books, so she'll be browsing through that to see if any of them are worthwhile over the next per, next part of the year, 2018, to see if we'll have any of them on with us. Um, yeah. So that that's the potential. And you know, the world is the world is young. We'll we'll find somebody to talk to. Yes, we will. Or else have people back. Yeah, they they really do look promising. Ah! The phone is ringing. Hello there, you're on with Patricia. Hello, Patricia. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. You yeah. followed us all over. Yeah. All in California. Hi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit under the weather, too, but my throat's uh, a little angry. And congested and all that stuff. So, um, have you ever used or heard of throat coat 
uh, T? I have. I have. Um, it's supposed to be really good for people who are voice actors, who, who like to read out loud. And it's oh. supposed to be a regular T that has a certain coding in it, and it sort of helps lubricate your vocal cords. There's a theory if you warm water will help lubricate the vocal cords and keep them open. And that's sort of the idea of, uh, yeah. of that product. It, it makes a lot of sense. I didn't know that could they've been recommending they, the big bay in the sky. Mm -hmm. people, people have been recommending tea for ages and ages and ages, but I didn't realize that they had improved on it. It's very soothing, and it, it, it tastes good. Yeah. To be, you know, only just add a little bit of sugar, not much. Because I, I had Shelly do um, uh, honey, honey and, and uh, lemon, and mm -hmm. it was a bit much. It hid the nice taste that throat coat has. And anyway, oh, uh, Bush, the father. Yes. They're both fathers, but the senior Bush. Uh -huh. I, I stood within about 10 feet of him one time. He uh, How did that happen? To, pardon me? How did that happen? Well, I worked at Lawrence Livermore National Lab, and he came to visit once. And I was right near the helicopter landing pad, which was interesting, you know. But I'm paying attention. Uh, the first helicopter came in, and I could see what direction it came from, and it landed. And he didn't come out of that. Then I saw the second one, and it was coming from a different direction. So I figured, okay, that first one's a decoy. If somebody's planning on shooting them down or something, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that that one would be the one. And, uh, and then he landed, and you know the Marines were there and standing there and doing their thing with the salute. And then he came out, and uh, then he got into uh, I guess it was a limousine. And as he drove by, I was on the side of the road right there. And I saw him face to face while he was waving to us. Very excellent. He's a really, my, my uncle, uh, my uncle, you know, George Bush, let me think, in 1988, he was president. Uh, Hirohito died. And my uncle was stationed at the uh, General in Japan. And Hirohito's funeral was nine hours long. Holy mackerel. Nine hours. And so George hey. came over, and the president, George, and he, one well, first thing he did is go to the American Embassy, and he said all, he met with the press, had to answer all the press questions, and then he told my uncle, could you arrange for all the children in the U.S. Embassy to come see me after the media is gone? And so once the media was gone, all the little kids that were who mom and dad worked in the American embassy would have to put, got the chance to sit with the president and have their picture taken. He just wanted personal time 
with every little children that were assigned to the American embassy without any press or any boo-ha-ha about it. So that's a a good character of a person that wants to make sure. I agree. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Is that the same president you just said, George? Uh Uh-huh, George H. Yep, the same one that you saw. Well, Patricia, how was dinner tonight? <laughs> well, I got graham crackers and cookies after dinner. Oh, <laughs> okay. One day they they're don't... going to straighten this out. Okay, I'll be out. I'm yeah. sorry for you. Food is food. There are people in the world who are eating out of garbage cans. Yeah. Food is food. That's I'm not going true. To about it. Mm-hmm. True. I was uh, going through the garbage in the kitchen last week because my son threw away some parts from the seat repair job he was doing for me. Yeah. And as I'm going through there, and, and he was standing there, and I'm like, son, could you imagine doing this for the food that you're going to eat? Mm-hmm. It was disgusting. Yes, there are so many people in need that way. Yep. My father was very strict on uh, what we ate, and eating it all and not asking for more than you need, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he would often uh, go around and dish up the food to us, each person, you know, standing up and... And, and then uh, he'd go, maybe you come back for seconds, or the Lord will take care of you. <laughs> so don't be taking more and then uh, wanting to have to throw it out. I mean, we ate everything. Uh, every leftovers were eaten, mm-hmm. and that often meant something that wasn't pleasant. No, I, I, I wanted it because... A lot of our parents grew up in the 20s and 30s and 40s. That impacted food and finances and everything else that they passed down to the future generation. It's a, you know, mm-hmm. But it definitely impacted so many things. Yeah, you know, and we're just, World War II, uh, they really stressed about making sure... You hear it on... Uh, uh, cereal commercials, you know, you can help your brothers and sisters, uh, make sure they eat up everything there, mm-hmm. because we're sending grains over to Europe. Yeah. And we need to be able to do that. It's interesting, listening to the old radio show, they really promoted the care packages. And to, if you think about it, Europe, from the, after the war into the midday, we were just going through such terrible starvation and they were yeah. promoting cure packages that the Americans were sent and those were $10 food packages and let's face it that would have $10 in the late 40s for a package mm-hmm. that probably was a lot of food packed in you know going to Europe I, I imagine um, you just reminded yeah $40 back then sure yeah. you just reminded me of I watched a documentarian on this uh, man. It, it, well, his name is Dieter, and the documentary was called 
Little Dieter Must Fly. And this guy was German, a boy, in World War Two, and he saw um, an American fighter plane that he said the wing was only like three feet from my window. You know, it came down and did his business in the town and was just starting to bank. And he said, uh, what do you call it? The canopy was slid open, and he had... A, a little few seconds or one second or so looking straight at the guy's face and the guy was looking straight at him and he said he got hooked right then on, on flying. He, he wanted to fly. So post-World War Two, you know, it was the terrible state that you're talking about and over there in Germany people are starving. They're, he said that they were so hungry that they would take wallpaper and and boil it, put it in hot water because there would be uh, nutrients in the glue. Mm. That is extreme. Wow. wow. That's extraordinary. You know, yeah. uh, we're, we're probably talking horse hooves, you know, maybe cattle hooves. Yeah. As I always talked about making uh, sending the horse off to the glue factory. So anyway, he he ended up coming to the U.S. Uh, right after he finished a blacksmithing apprenticeship, and uh, he came to the U.S. because he wanted to fly. And, and Germany's um, their air force and everything was destroyed. And they had no airlines, so he figured, i got to go to the U.S. So the day he graduated, he started heading to the U.S. And, uh, anyway, he did end up flying. He, 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 he went to college, and then he joined the Navy, and he flew in the Vietnam War was shot down, was a prisoner, and I saw the movie about that before, which is what made me uh, know what what they were talking about when when I came across that documentary. So I watched it. It was interesting. But he's dead and gone now. You know, and I was excited when I saw... They showed him at his house, and he was on Mount Tamalpais, which is a mountain just across the Bay Bridge from San Francisco. Because I thought, man, this beautiful house on top of Mount Tamalpais. <laughs> yeah. Didn't realize people were living there. I should go visit the guy. There you go. But then, but then I find out he has passed on. Mm. Oh gosh, um, Paul, how are, how close are you? to any of the fires that are burning out there? Oh, well, those are in Southern California, right? Yeah, the ones right now yeah. that everybody sees in Southern California where, um, where Paul at, they won't be close enough. The ones that were probably three months ago, uh, they would have been a lot oh, closer, yeah. closer to Paul. Okay, but so the one, you're in the more yeah, eastern part of California. Yeah, okay. yeah he's more... Yeah, they're, they're, right now, they're like over 300 miles away, the ones that... We're talking about Southern California. Yeah. The the other ones were were fairly.
really close, and all of that smoke came over and was in San Francisco like crazy. In fact, uh, you know, when I covered my mouth as I was going to the UCSF MS Center, mm-hmm. and then I had to go back to the car, and I asked them if they had any red, um, nuisance dust uh, filters, and uh, they, they did, so they gave me one, and I, I put that on as I went out there, because it was really nasty. Well, Paul, we're going to let you go, just in case somebody else want to talk to Patricia before I send her off the bed. Yes. (laughs) Patricia, when you do go to bed, I hope you sleep well and have good dreams. Thank you very much. You too, Paul. Feel better. Take care, Paul. Okay. Well, uh, the paid meds uh, issue is resolved. Oh, good. What what a difference. That's a good thing. I'm glad you got the paid thing straightened out, Paul. Good job. Yes. Excellent. Okay, guys. I love you. Same here, Paul. Bye-bye. Oh, Bye. so glad you called. Thank you, Paul. Bye-bye. You want to talk to Patricia? We got about 15 more minutes before we send her off to bed because she got to get ready for I'm here. before yeah. tomorrow's show. You know, I, I, Patricia comes in right now in small quantities, so we got to protect her. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Well, you know, you you you're special. So you know, you we 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 and we got you out of your routine. It's a Monday night. You know, we haven't done that That's in a right. while. So. That's right. You really shook me up. Yeah. You know, I was sitting here, mm-hmm. and you you normally call at about quarter to the hour. Right. And then ten to the hour went, and I thought maybe I screwed up again. <laughs> so. I had two-hour emails. And I said, "Okay, I'm in the right place at the right time." <laughs> yeah, I I had to reboot the computer, and I was uh-huh. I was like 13 till, and time I got it squared away was about five till, and that's when. I, and then you didn't hear me the first two rings, and I said, "Uh oh, I better go play with my knobs." And I called, uh-huh. and I did some tests, and, and so. You know, the first time the phone rang, I heard your jaws, but I couldn't hear anything else. And I kept saying, hello, hello, hello. And I was talking to Jaws, and he wouldn't answer me. <laughs> so there. So there. So I had to play with Patricia. I had to play with her buttons. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, this is just extraordinary. I filled an entire folder of Christmas stuff. I, you recall I, I said something like that at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. I cannot find that folder. It has just evaporated. Well, I guess you're going to need to hit recycle. Yeah, I have like a recycle bin in my, uh, in my on my folder on my desktop, yeah. and that's where things, uh, that, and what that's where I find folders at. So maybe it's over there. I don't have one. Well, what do you do have? Mm, I've got uh, a quickie search for folders. Okay. And it ain't there. Don't you? So what happens when you when you you don't when you have a delete when you accidentally delete something? Mine goes mm-hmm. into a recycle bin, and so I can oh, I can mine goes directly to the trash, but I have control over when the trash is emptied. And so you maybe you want to look in the trash just to see if it's there. You know what? It, it should have shown in my search, but that's a great suggestion. Let me see here. Um, Computer do stupid. Yes. 
<laughs> Thank you. I threw it out. I should have known that my brain would do something like that. Isn't that fabulous? Thank you. Oh, no problem. Isn't it wonderful? Oh. Isn't it wonderful a blind person 3,000 miles Oh, 3,000 miles away can help you find things on your own computer. <laughs> because I'm so stupid, I throw stuff out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Actually, I noticed this happened to me a couple times this year. I don't think I deleted something, and I can't find it on my desktop, so that's why I look. I look in the recycle bin, and there yeah. it is, and i got to restore it. And there it, you know. Wow. I dragged and dropped this into onto it. I found it earlier, and I dragged it and dropped it onto the desktop. Mm-hmm. And from there, I put it in tonight's folder. It didn't go there. It got outed. Uh oh. But now I have it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so good. <laughs> Someone. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Do you have a, any other good smart suggestion for Patricia? Like you have your shoes, you have your shoes and socks on. You know, different things. No, I've got my little bunnies ah, on. Ah, okay, okay. Uh huh. And an extra shirt because it's always. I do not know. This corner of the facility is always cold. Always cold with by the vending machines. Yep. I think some people down here on this end actually have air conditioning on. So I've got two shirts. Well, guess what I have next to me? What? I have your heater next to me. Oh, the one you yeah. got for Christmas. I'm so glad it's still working oh. and you're getting some good service out of it. A really special person in my life cared enough to send me a heater, so... It, well, you were always talking about how cold you were. I know. I know. So I have my heater going on. It comes in handy during the Christmas season. That's so good. Yeah. My heater and me. I should write a Christmas song. My heater and me. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe, maybe if we go through Rudolph, we might be able to substitute your name and heater in there somewhere. Like, instead of instead of Rudolph's nose, we can put Walden's heater in there. <laughs> oh, you sound like a gangster. I know. That I got my heater with Oh, got my heater. That's a, heater, heater is a, a slang word for a gun. Did you know that? Yep. Well, I don't know. What, what, why do they call a gangster girl a mall? What's a mall? Um, Molly, I don't know where that came from. What a great question. Yeah. You're going to make me look it up. That's a future, that's a, that's a future project for Patricia when she feels up to do it. Oh, I can do it while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Only when there's somebody else here demanding an answer will I do homework on the air. <laughs> like you. Like me. <laughs> anyway. Oh well. Anyway, seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Patricia will be back tomorrow. Now, one day I'm gonna give her the night off because I have a Spurvac board meeting, and I don't know how long that thing's gonna run. So we're gonna give Patricia Wednesday night off. We'll come on the air whenever the board meeting is done. But I don't want Patricia to hang, hang, waiting, 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 waiting. She, it's up to her if she wants to. 
but you know. And wait and wait, wait. and wait. So. Let's see. There's um, that probably wouldn't work because there's no way I can wait. Like when I was in my apartment, I yeah. would just answer the phone when it rang. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to hear a phone on a different floor in a different direction. <laughs> so, <laughs> it probably I could sit here if you give me an approximate time. I'll bring a book up here. Yeah. True. But it'd be yeah. it'd be the normal it'd be our normal time from nine you know around midnight I would say, mm-hmm. you know, but well, we can talk about that. You know we can talk about that, but but sure tomorrow. Yeah. And, yeah. And third, uh, it, we'll be here tomorrow for sure. For, so we'll figure it out. Yeah. And then Saturday, yeah, the sixteenth, we expect everybody to call and have Christmas stories for Patricia. You know. Yeah. That's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have. I have my Winnie the Pooh book here. I wonder if he said anything wonderful about Christmas. Well, he's such I'll a have to find out. he's such a great orator. I think he whatever he said could be uh, looked in the Christmas season vein. And such wisdom. Yes. Such wisdom. I've got little Christmas goodies here. Okay. All right. The Nutcracker, which is the name of the ballet performed mm-hmm. around Christmas time right. each year. Right. It got its name because the Nutcracker Suite is the title of the music Tchaikovsky wrote. Ah. And he wrote all the music for the Nutcracker. But nobody has ventured why Tchaikovsky picked that. I never saw a, li- I never went to a live performance of the Nutcracker. I think I've listened uh-huh. to some radio adaptations of it, but no, I've never mm-hmm. attended a live performance of that. Well, I did. Did that? One time. And? And if I had paid for the tickets, I would have asked for <laughs> money back. <laughs> no yoke. It oh. was one of these. Um, ad- adaptation is a, is a great word. Mm-hmm. It was, I won't even tell you who put it on because it's a pretty famous group. <laughs> but I sat there and I watched and I said, what am I watching? <laughs> yeah. What am I watching? I could not make... If I were walking in cold and had never seen the Nutcracker before, <laughs> this would have been Nutcracker soup. It, it just <laughs> was terrible. And the uh, the ballet, it was a ballet company Wow. who put it on. And I was given the tickets by an editor to go and review it. I came home and said, how am I going to do this? I mean, really, when something is so awful, how are you going to do it? And I'm not an art aficionado by any means. Mm-hmm. So there are people who are serious in the arts who might have thought it was a great presentation. I thought it was like the Star Star Spangled Banner. Mm -hmm. You don't mess with it. You just don't. When you get something that is so beautiful and so perfect and put together in a special way, stick with it. You can't do any better. Some Some people try. Uh, they, well, this one tried. <laughs> I, I brought someone with me, and I looked at her when we stood up. I said, honest to goodness, if I paid for these tickets, I would be out in the front asking for my money back. Awful. Wow. Just awful. <sighs> By the way, I, I've, I've had two Christmas trivia questions for you. Oh, oh, what, what? I, I did not know this until we saw the Handle Messiah concert. At the Richard Nixon Library, like we normally do, the last mm-hmm. this Sunday in November, and mm-hmm. and we they were told at this time that the Handel Messiah piece is the most performed musical piece in the world. I believe that. 
I I, I would because never thought about that, but that's what they yeah. that's what they claim. Yes, it it is a worldwide piece of music, whereas something like Bing Crosby's right um, White Christmas would not necessarily. I don't know if this is true, but would not necessarily be the number one pop in the Slavic countries, but. Handel's Messiah is universal. So right. that doesn't surprise me, and, but I never thought about it in those terms. Um, you, you, and, you, and I guess we think some of the great Broadway shows are not necessarily universal. It's mm-hmm. so like kind of Messiah. And they also say yeah. the, the Hallelujah Chorus is the most, perf, the most performed song uh-huh. in the world. I, now, I, now, I believe that. That makes sense to me. <laughs> you know. I do believe that. But I never thought of it before. Mm-mm. It makes a whole lot of sense. It does. I never it, thought of it before. It, it does. Okay. So that's one piece of trivia. What is the second one? I gave you two into one. I gave you the the, the Messiah, the most performed musical piece, and the yeah. and the handle Messiah, the song, is the most pe- you performed song. So. Okay, that's two. So. You're right. Two You're into right. one. I got more uh. stuff. Um, when I'd asked you this one one year, it was mm-hmm. a long time ago. What year do you think the Christmas Club Savings Account Program started? Yeah. Oh for, yeah. For anyone who yeah. is who is too young to remember this, yeah. um, Christmas Club people made a deposit, and it could be anywhere from twenty five cents up to, I don't know, maybe twenty five dollars mm-hmm. a week. To put towards Christmas, and then at the end of the year, you could go and claim your your Christmas club money, but you would earn interest on it all year. And it sounds like a pretty modern piece of stuff. Give me within five years on either side. 1939. Nope. 1905. Wow. Can you imagine? I know. Wow. I was really surprised. Um, what was happening at the turn of the century that would make saving for Christmas such an important? Well, 1904, 1904 with the Russian-Japanese War that Teddy Roosevelt won the um, Nobel Peace Prize to put it into, mm-hmm. and you know we were we were in that whole range of economic upheaval. If we were going to be on the gold standard or the silver standards, you know that lasted for such like twenty years or so, mm-hmm. and that still would have been still part of. The, Show you that time. So those have been, yeah, those have been some of the things going on in 1905. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It had to have been something that shook people's uh, their faith in their ability to provide a Christmas and putting a little bit away. It, whichever bank did it, I don't have any details of this, but whichever bank did it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. How many people you think fall through on something like that? that to me, that's so hard to be disciplined for many mm-hmm. people like that. Yes. You know, yes. They, they might be good about it for a while, and, oh, I really should use the money to pay the bill, the, the books you bill this week, and just never uh-huh. get back. You know, it, it yes. happens. And you're right. You could cash it in any time. Mm-hmm. It was like a savings account and was treated like a savings account, but it was separated and you could do small amounts but doing the small amounts every week mm-hmm. people 
people who remembered Christmas's past would probably be more faithful if they had trouble in earlier Christmases. Sure. I you know when my you know when my um when I was born, my mom and dad struggled. You know because. They went tremendous debt because of my of sure. my birth and everything, and so yeah. what they would do during Christmas time, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if it's pretty common for a lot of people. Uh, they would buy Christmas present after Christmas. That mm-hmm. way, they got the sp- you know they got the the specials and things. That way, they at least got the right. most bang for the buck. And that's how. Uh huh. Great sales. That's yeah. how they did it. And in there those are days. people who do their Christmas shopping deliberately after Christmas because they can get more for it. Yeah. yeah I, for kids who get money for Christmas, they're told to put it aside, and then they'll go shopping, and they can get a great toy for sometimes 50% of what it would have cost it. And, and I don't... And I don't... After Christmas, yeah. And I don't think that those days really happen anymore. I mean, I don't know if we ever have the great sales after Christmas, like when we were kids. You know, I think that's yeah. all gone. I think it depends way. on... Yeah, it depends on which store. Someplace like... Walgreens of all places would have an awful lot of Christmas stuff, lights and decorations yeah. and toys. And, yes. And after Christmas, those prices are just slashed. So yeah. people who are looking for toys and Christmas wrappings and Christmas lights uh, can really do a lot of savings in yeah. a store like that. But I don't know about the, the big stores like JCPenney or Target yeah. or Sears. I don't know. I don't shop for sales anymore. <laughs> I don't have to. Um, yeah. All right, my dear, it's 1 o'clock. I, th- I think it's time for you to run off to... Oh, really? Up to you. Oh, really? Well, you're going to be with me in 23 hours. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> It's just kind of a little extra kick in the middle of the week, and this is really great. It is great. And we'll be back and do it tomorrow. Tomorrow night, and I'll and I'll yeah. call Patricia a little early. Like if my computer's up and running, you know I'll call you the, the normal time. <laughs> Go to tell. <laughs> yeah, when I when I get sent back to check my emails to make sure I wasn't supposed to be here at ten thirty. <laughs> but I, maybe you would have called. Would you have called the other number? And have them roast me out of my bed? I don't think I got the other. I I don't think I got the other number. Well, I will send it to you. Yeah. And if you call it, they will find me. <laughs> I have okay. the. I I got the address, but I don't have the other number. So. Oh, I have the number. Good. Okay. And I will send it to you. Perfect. All right. Will you also? So will you also? Will you also write down this number too? That way, I can keep a separate file handy. I might as well have all the numbers on one piece of paper. Rather than having, oh. one, so when we hang yeah, out, I, write write it down. You know that way I'll just have a master sheet. Okay, See, what, what's what's on here is pretty weak. Seven four seven three. Does that sound like that's it? That you that's, would dial? It, that's it. That's okay. it. Because all right. because I can do that. yeah because that's a great idea because somebody's gonna rub the rest of it off. One of these <laughs> See, because I have it all. I have it all programmed in my computer. But uh-huh. and I think I have it written down on a different piece of paper. But if I, you're going to send me the other numbers, if you write this number, then I'll have it all one do, one document. Why not? You know. Why not? That is very extra. Oh, and the, and the I should tell you that the bank finally I got in touch with the bank and they are squaring away my credit card. Did I tell you the problem with my no. credit card? No. No. Oh, my goodness. Well, 
I do my banking online. And when uh, I have a, a credit card through the bank that I use. So when I go up there to pay my bill, uh, you know, the, the amount that I'm supposed to pay yep. on the credit card, and I always pay a little bit more, but anyway, yep. you go to the credit card, and it says this is your minimum payment, and this is when it's due. Yep. So I went up there on December 4th, and I did that. Uh, you know, I hit pay, and which account to take, took it out of my checking account to put it over toward the, and I hit submit. And when you do that, it's an instant transfer because it's in the house. You don't have to wait for a couple of days right, or right, you know, right. check the cash. And then right. It's an instant transfer. So I logged out, and I went on my merry way, and the next day I went up there to check to see that all the checks I had written were cashed. Mm -hmm. And here is this thing that says you owe this amount on your credit card. And I thought, wow, you know, maybe I forgot to hit submit. I did that one time with something else. It was a long time ago, but I did. I, you know, I logged out without hitting the word submit. Shame. Yeah. And so I said, wow, okay. So I went and I I went to the credit card and I said, okay, pay this. And it was $225 yeah. I was going to pay. Yeah. And I marked and I marked that down and I made sure I hit submit and I logged out. And Friday when I went up there, they had taken both payments. Oh. It was something in the system that... It, and when I went up there, I thought, I've got more than $6 in my checking account, you know. <laughs> and so I called them, and they're going to put back into the checking Good. account the one of the two payments. Good. But, boy, I'll tell you, that shook me up. Yeah. That shook me up, so too. So I got that fixed, and I'm Good. very happy to tell you that. Good. I'm glad. I'm so oh, glad. Oh, me too. Me too. So now I'm going to say goodnight. Goodnight, my dear. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night, Patricia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity being Jaws here. Professional. Bob Hope NBC Christmas, Christmas, Christmas folder in the 1980s. Bob Hope NBC Christmas folder in the 1980s. Explorer pane. Folder Amen. layout pane. Shell folder view. Items view. Multi-select list box. Track 01. One of one. Track 01. Track 2 of the Bob Hope. Track 01. Unloading job. Can't. Okay. Enter. Enter. From NBC's Radio City Studios in New York, from Hollywood and around the world. A Bob Hope NBC Christmas just like the ones we used to know. Brought to you by Kraft. Join us for some of the best Christmases we can remember. There's something special from Kraft. And by Whitman's Chocolates, makers of quality box chocolates since 1842. And here he is, Bob Hope.
Well, hi, everyone. This is Bob, 44 years of Christmases on NBC Hope, welcoming you to a couple of hours of Christmas cheer radio style. We're going to listen to the way we've celebrated Christmas over the years and along the way share some of the humor and traditions of the holiday. Of course, a Christmas tradition for me is our annual bunch of Yuletide shows. And through the years, we played all over the world and just about every kind of audience. Back during the Second World War, we started doing troop shows. Yes, sir, it's a great thrill and an honor to be on this command performance show on this Christmas Eve, the time of year when everyone has a feeling of love. Boy, you should see all the young couples walking in the park, the fellow with his arm around the girl, and the man from the draft board with his arm around the fellow. <laughs> but, fellows, back home here, the women are making this a victory Christmas. My aunt is very patriotic. Yesterday, she gave her girdle to the scrap drive. Now she's dreaming of a wide Christmas. <laughs> One of the things I always remember is what great Christmas dinners we had at those two shows. Anyway, it's wonderful to be down here at Christmas and sharing the fun. The cooks here went all out for Christmas. They wanted to give the boys a white Christmas, so they bleached the beans. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, they had a wonderful turkey dinner and topped it all off with a flaming dessert. Flaming dessert. That's better set fire to it, Max. Somebody goofed. After the war, we made a practice of visiting veterans' hospitals at Christmas time. Good to be here tonight. Of course, this is a little new to me. It's the first time I've ever been in a hospital before a broadcast. <laughs> and this hospital is located in such rugged country, you have to get well before you can come here. We always had great guest stars on the Christmas shows. Guys like Tony Martin. Say, Bob, what's been happening since I've been away? Oh, everything's about the same, Tony. Betty Grable is still my steady girlfriend. <laughs> Betty Grable, your steady girlfriend? Bob Betty married Harry James two years ago to have a little baby. Hmm, I thought she'd been acting a little cool lately. <laughs> and of course, our greatest and biggest guest star, Bing Crosby. Here's Bing in our show, Shortwave to the U.S. from Parts Unknown. Perhaps you can help me, Santa. I don't know the store very well around here, and I'm looking for a present for a friend of mine, Bob Hope. Why don't you buy him whatever he needs the most? Well, now, that's an idea, yeah. Where can I get a large package of talent? <laughs> Oh, he was beautiful. And you know, that shortwave signal reminds me of the problem we'd have getting everybody on planes and trains and into hotels. Our producer, Al Capstaff, handled things most of the time, but every so often we'd run into difficulties, like the time I was driving in a Corona Naval Hospital in California with cast members Vera Vague and Francis Langford, and we tried to pass the sentry at the gate. Say, here's the hospital gate. I guess we can drive right by the sentry. Good evening, visitors. <laughs> oh, no, not, not my friend, Gus. Now, look, Sentry. I, I've got to get into the hospital immediately. Okay. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Colonna, where's your Christmas spirit? Lost it in the crap game. <laughs> Tell me, soldier, why are you wearing that marine coat? You got me? I don't know why they gave me this thing to wear. And those army pants. I don't know why I'm wearing those either. And that sailor hat. Haven't any idea. Well, what branch of the service do you belong to? Intelligence. 
Now scram, Hope. Well, I, I guess it's no use. Psst, girls, let's sneak around the back and climb over the gate. Okay, but who'll hold my gun? Yeah. Hope, this is the last warning. Beat it now. Okay. Come on, Francis. Miss Vague. Hey, let's try to climb over this fence. But it's pretty high. Well, the best way to do it is to stand on somebody's shoulders. Yeah. Come on, Francis. You and I will do it. There. That did it. Yes, Bob. But now how will I get over? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll help you, Francis. This ladder and we'll get on the roof. Gee, it's dark up here. Shh. I hear the sentry coming. Let's hide behind the chimney and make like ducks. <laughs> quack, quack. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Yeah, they've even got doctors on the roof. That sentry was Jerry Colonna, of course. What a talent. Despite problems with sentries and occasional misconnections, we usually managed to get where we were going, and wherever that was, we tried to bring the special feeling of Christmas with us. One of my favorite moments was the time Bing and Carol Riches first sang Silver Bells on the air. It was from a picture of mine called Lemon Drop Kid, and it's always been one of my favorite songs. I can still remember Bing and Carol singing side by side at the mic in front of Les Brown's band at NBC's Vine Street Studio in Hollywood. It was December, 
Bob goes out in search of a Christmas tree on a foggy night in Burbank when a Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know, returns. But first, this from Kraft. Tradition means a lot during the holidays. There's no substitute for it. And that's how people feel about Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Whether you use Philly in your favorite holiday cheesecake or simply spread it on crackers, the taste of Philadelphia brand cream cheese says something about you, something good. It shows the time and care you take to use all the right ingredients. So when the family reunion rolls around this holiday season, isn't it silly not to use Philly? Make sure you look your finest for the holidays with an Eva Gabor wig from Wells Wholesale Wigs, Oregon's largest wig sales outlet. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public and features hundreds of wigs in stock. You can save 20% off every wig in stock through the end of the year. See the Eva Gabor Light and Airy wig, regularly $38, now on sale for just $30. Or see the Diana wig, regularly $30, now just $24. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public. Call for a free catalog. 234-0977. That's 234-0977. Wells Wholesale Wigs at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. Open Monday through Saturday from 9 till 5. Use your Visa or MasterCard. They have hundreds of beautiful wigs, and there's a wig stylist on duty at all times. Remember, save 20% on Eva Gabor wigs and many other styles through the end of the year. Wells Wholesale Wigs at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. The people there are experts and can help you look your best. It's a Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know. Once again, here's Bob. Hey, thanks, Bill. By this time of the year, just about everybody has their Christmas tree up, which makes sense because it's so close to Christmas. <laughs> but one year, I waited till the very last minute to get ours. Just three more days, I've got to get a Christmas tree. But I don't see why I should pay for it. It's so foggy, nobody will see me if I cut a tree right then. <laughs> Put one right down here at the edge of this park. Boy, this is a tough one. I'll get it. That did it. What's going on here? Oh, hello, officer. Well, I was just uh, helping myself to a Christmas tree. <laughs> but in all this fog, I guess I picked a pretty big one, didn't I? You sure did. You just chopped down the only telephone pole in Burbank. <laughs> well, that didn't work out too well. Another year, Ohio State was in the Rose Bowl. And all my relatives from Cleveland came into town for the game. <laughs> Since we have so many house guests, I'm spending more for Christmas decorations. I'm not having the usual tree this year. I'm getting a new one. <laughs> You know how they're selling Christmas trees for a dollar a foot? Well, I got a beautiful tree for 50 cents a foot. There's only one thing wrong with it. It's 140 feet tall. Of course, we couldn't put it in the house. It's so tall, we put it in the front yard, and already there's one ornament hanging on it. The night plane to San Francisco. You know, they used to have great trees at all the military installations we'd visit. 
Wendell Niles, who was our announcer for many years, described one of the best trees. The hospital is buzzing with excitement as the nurses and the patients prepare for their annual Christmas party. I don't know when I've seen so many happy faces. Over here on my left, a few sergeants are stringing up some lights on a tree. And over here on my right, a few enlisted men are stringing up some sergeants on another tree. One of the problems we used to have at the military camp shows was getting trees for the servicemen and women. Sometimes we even had trouble with decorations. Once Jerry Colonna called us while we were on the air, and I tried to get him to help us. Well, Colonna, I need more Christmas decorations. Do you have any tinsels? Oh, no, Hope. I had them taken out when I was a kid. <laughs> Colonna, this isn't time for corny jokes. That's funny. Could have sworn we were on the air. <laughs> Hey, Hope, uh, where are you? Oh, I'm at the Birmingham Hospital. Was it a boy? <laughs> One place where they never had any trouble with trees is at NBC's home in New York City. Every year, the giant tree in Rockefeller Center is the Christmas showpiece of the city. It's 10,000 brightly colored bulbs saying more than words possibly can about peace on earth and goodwill toward men. The lighting of the tree is the official signal that the Christmas season in New York has started. Thousands of people gather at the skating rink in Rockefeller Plaza the night the tree is lit. I helped press the button myself this year, and cheer from the crowd is really a thrill. Like the year Archbishop Terrence J. Cook and Rockefeller Center President G.S. Eisel got together with a group of kids to light the giant 70-foot spruce. Joining them under the tree, the new Christy Minstrels, who just couldn't help singing when the tree came to life. One, two, three... Muppet Rolf, John Denver, and Santa Claus are all coming up on Bob Hope's NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know. How do you recapture the spirit of Christmas past? 
you might try opening a Whitman sampler. There's around 140 years of Christmas tradition inside that sampler box, and many generations of Americans have enjoyed Christmas just a little more because they reached into the Whitman sampler and sampled one of the delicious chocolates inside, all tasting of good times and good Christmases. Whitman's, the gift America's been giving ever since 1842. If you're still looking for great Christmas buys for the skier or sportsman on your list, shop the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales till 5 p.m. tonight. Save an additional 25% off specially marked items. For example, nylon polyester ski bibs. Sunset's regular price, $19.97, now just $14.95. Or ski-style jackets, regularly $24.75, now just $18.57. Save an additional 25% on nylon moon boots, backpacks, fishing reels, and ladies' and men's reversible vinyl raincoats. Some as low as 4 and $5. Save 25% off regular low prices on all Christmas decorations. Don't miss the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales. Open today till 5 p.m. at the corner of 39th and Holgate. Sunset Surplus Sales where you won't be able to leave without finding a bargain. Open till 5 tonight. Closed Christmas, open Sunday, December 26th. It's a Bob Hope NBC Christmas just like the ones we used to know. And right now, sauntering up to his spinet piano, Jim Henson's Muppet, Rolf. Ah, Rolf is sitting down now, and Mr. John Denver approaches our NBC microphone dressed in a red tasseled cap and feeding a small reindeer. Let's listen. Have yourself... A merry little Christmas Let your heart be light From now on our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas yeah. Make the Yuletide gay From now on our troubles will be mine Too much, aren't they? John, Denver, and Ralph. One way to have yourself a merry little Christmas is slide up to the buffet on Christmas Day. And I've done some sliding in my time, I'll tell you. I've seen some, too. Take the Christmas. We were at Long Beach Veterans Hospital. I had Christmas dinner in one of the dining rooms here. Boy, they really went after that food. I said to the guy next to me, how's the stuffing? And the guy stuck his head out of the turkey's mouth and said, fine. <laughs> But having Christmas dinner at a hospital is quite an experience. The turkey was brought in on a stretcher with a thermometer in his mouth. 
and they just can't seem to forget that their doctor's here. Before the major carved the turkey, he put on his rubber gloves, and every five seconds he'd yell, more oxygen, more oxygen. <laughs> and boy, these soldiers will eat anything. During the meal, the phone disappeared, and we didn't know what happened to it until somebody called the hospital, and the private next to me started ringing. These soldiers can eat till the cows come home. The only trouble is when they're eating, the cows are afraid to come home. <laughs> they ate 10 pounds of cranberries before somebody told them they were supposed to take them out of the cans first. <laughs> and the soldier across from me was swallowing whole pieces of turkey. I said, what about the bones? He said, fine, hand them over. <laughs> One poor guy was on a liquid diet, liquid diet. He dampened the turkey before he swallowed it whole. And after they'd finished everything inside, I said, shall I call the waiter? They said, no, call the cook. He's got more meat on him. <laughs> the veterans of Long Beach had plenty of turkey in the straw that Christmas, but not everyone is so fortunate. I remember another Christmas when I was walking along Hollywood Boulevard and I ran into a street corner Santa who had more than his share of trouble. Or did he? Oh, oh, oh. Merry Christmas, everybody. Well, it's my old friend Santa Claus. Happy Yuletide to you. What's happy about it? I got chill blades on my feet. My hands are so cold I've been ringing the bell with my teeth. And this morning they shut off my grandfather's social security. Well, why should you worry about your grandfather's social security? He's dead. I've been collecting it. <laughs> Things are horrible. Put some money in the pot, boy. Well, I'm sorry you have such a sad story to tell. Yeah, you ain't heard it all yet. You know what happened yesterday? My wife ran away with the neighbor next door. Oh, gee, that's terrible. How could that happen to you? Well, I don't know. Just lucky, I guess. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. I don't know if I ever told you or not, boy, but I come from awful poor folks. Real poor, huh? Yep. There are 15 of us kids, and we didn't have any clothes at all. No clothes? Well, how could you keep warm? Well, every year come September, my mother would call us all in and simonize us for the winter. <laughs> well, that's pretty bad. But my folks had real poverty. We didn't have anything to eat at all. Really, boy? <laughs> <laughs> that's just a straight line, you know. You don't have to... fellow actor. Yeah, all right, we'll go. Yeah, we had... <laughs> Give me that in there. We had real poverty at our house. Our kitchen was so bare, the mice used to come in, take a look around, and leave something for us in the trap. mice in our house, boy. We had hundreds of mice. We didn't have any cheese to catch them with. No kidding? The yeah, only thing we could catch a mouse with was to bait the trap with an I.O.U. <laughs> uh, put some money in the pot, boy. <laughs> Just a second, Santa. Who does this money go to? Well, it goes to buy parachutes for baby kangaroos that fall out of their mother's pouches. <laughs> Look, do you realize that what you're doing is practically larceny? It is. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, he's playing them full way tonight. <laughs> Certainly it's larceny. You're taking all this money, you don't keep any books. <laughs> so no one can tell how much you've taken in, and with no record, the government can't charge any income tax. I know. Get yourself a pot, boy. <laughs> That Santa Claus was played by a man named Jack Perkwin. He's beautiful. And, well, we'll hear from him later in the show. Right now, here's Bill St. James. Jack Webb and Stan Freeberg revive Christmas Dragnet when a Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know, returns. After this, from Kraft. Once upon a time, there was a family that always had a family reunion at Christmas. The children came from far and wide. The mother cooked for days and days. There was tons and tons of turkey. Everyone was excited because they knew that the next day they could have turkey on white with Miracle Whip. Only the next day there was no Miracle Whip. So days later there was still tons and tons of turkey. The moral of the story, a turkey sandwich isn't a sandwich without the tangy zip of Miracle Whip salad dressing, the bread spread. Make sure you look your finest for the holidays with an Eva Gabor wig from Wells Wholesale Wigs, Oregon's largest wig sales outlet. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public and features hundreds of wigs in stock. You can save 20% off every wig in stock through the end of the year. See the Eva Gabor Light and Airy Wig, regularly $38, now on sale for just $30. Or see the Diana Wig, regularly $30, now just $24. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public. Call for a free catalog, 234-0977. That's 234-0977. Wells Wholesale Wigs, at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. Open Monday through Saturday from 9 to 5. Use your Visa or MasterCard. They have hundreds of beautiful wigs, and there's a wig stylist on duty at all times. Remember, save 20% on Eva Gabor wigs and many other styles through the end of the year. Wells Wholesale Wigs, at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. The people there are experts and can help you look your best. A Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know, continues with a visit to Jack Webb's old beat, Dragnet. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Well, what would Christmas be without Dragnet? This may sound silly, but actually Jack Webb's famous police drama had a Christmas show that was repeated year after year on NBC. The story itself concerns a little boy who temporarily borrows a statue of the infant Jesus from his parish a couple of days before Christmas. The parish priest thinks the statue has been stolen. Eventually, the confusion is set right, but in the process, Webb gives us a humorous look at the way Sergeant Joe Friday and his partner Frank Smith go about their Christmas traditions. It was Wednesday, December 24th. It was cold in Los Angeles. We were working the day watch out of burglary division. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Captain Bernard. My name's Friday. I'd gone across the street to buy stamps for some Christmas cards I was sending out. It was 9.15 a.m. when I got back to room 45. Burglary. I sat down at a table in the squad room and I started to address the cards when Frank walked in carrying a stack of Christmas boxes. Hi, Joe. Hi. Christmas cards, huh? A little late, aren't you? Well, I was going to send them out Monday, but we had that stakeout. You ought to get married, Joe. Yeah? It's the only system. Faye does all this stuff for me. Laundry, mails cards, only system. Might help. 
I brought in your present. Want to open it now? No, I'll wait. I always open a couple a day before. Why? Well, it puts you in the spirit ahead of time. I opened Phil's this morning. Who's he? Faye's brother in Denver. Gave me a magazine, one of those funny ones. What do you mean, a comic book? No, one of those funny ones, you know. No, I don't, Frank. Well, some of the pages have holes in them. You look through when there's a picture on the next page. Oh, yeah, I've seen those on the newsstand. They have cloth pasted in. Cloth? In the ads. If you want to buy a suit, they have a sample right there. You mean you can feel it? Reach right out and feel it. There was one for $200. A suit? Sure. Cloth comes from Scotland. What's it made out of, solid gold? No, they got a special kind of goat over there. It's real smooth. Not a goat, Frank. A sheep. Well, it's a special kind of sheep, then, because a suit costs $200. You gonna get one? I told Faye. She said, wear the sample. Anything doing? Fanning and Pryor were in on that market holdup. They come up with anything? Pound of air, nothing else. I hope it stays quiet. I got more shopping to do. I finished. What'd you get, Ann? Stationery set, some paper and envelopes, leather binding. Joe, you'll never learn. Well, what's the matter? No woman wants a stationery set. Get her something personal. Well, it's got her initials on it. No, no. You want something more sentimental, romantic. What'd you get Faye? It's different in her case. What'd you get Faye? Sewing machine. That's romantic. Well, there's no way. Why didn't you buy her a catcher's mitt? Say, a catcher's mitt would be a good present for Dolores. Anyway, while Sergeant Friday was mailing his Christmas cards, a young man across town named Stan Freeberg was doing his version of Christmas Dragnet. As part of his series of Dragnet parodies for Capitol Records, his version was called Yulnet. This is the season. My name is Wednesday. My partner is Frank Jones, the chief is Captain Kellogg. December the 24th, Christmas Eve. They brought in a guy named Grudge. When I heard what they booked him on, my blood ran cold. It was a 409-6325-096704. Not believing in Santa Claus. 4.35 p.m. I was working the holiday watch out of homicide with Frank. Hang up your stocking yet, Joe? Yeah, just before I come down. You too, Frank? Always do. Hung it up early just in case I have to work late tonight. Wouldn't want to miss out when Santa Claus comes, you know. Mm-hmm, sure wouldn't. Be a shame. What you gonna do tomorrow, Joe? What you gonna do on Christmas? You got any plans? Nothing much. Why don't you come by the house, Joe? We're gonna have Christmas dinner. You know, all the trimmings. Mm -hmm. Turkey, celery stuffing, oysters maybe, chestnuts. Mm -hmm. All the trimmings. Cranberry sauce. Love to have you. Mm -hmm. The missus always fixes a plate of relish with them little carrot sticks. You know, olives, pickles, scallions. Most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Did you ever notice that, Joe? Ever notice what, Frank? How most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Mm-hmm. Scallions. Anytime after two, Joe. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll see. Love to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll see. The missus always fixes a plate of relish with them carrot sticks. You know them little carrot sticks? Mm-hmm. Olives, pickles, scallions. Mm-hmm. Let's not go through that again. Love to have you. Go through what again, Joe? How most folks call them green onions, but they're really scallions. Oh. You noticed that too, huh, Joe? Homicide Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matter, Joe. Bringing a guy in on a 409-6325-096704. You, you mean? Yeah. Guy don't believe in scallions. I mean, Santa Claus. 629 p.m. We questioned the guy who didn't believe in Santa Claus, a guy named Grudge. Says here your name's Grudge, is that right? Yeah. You said you didn't believe in Santa Claus? It's hard to believe what you said. Did you really say that? Sure I said it. How do you know there's a Santa Claus? 
You got a picture of him? No, no mugshot. Any fingerprints? Mm -mm. No latent prints. I just know that's all. It's like saying there isn't any Easter Bunny. That's another guy there ain't no of. Mm-hmm. Watch your story, mister. Joe, he just said that to make me feel bad, didn't he? There really is an Easter Bunny, isn't there? Joe? Listen, Grudge, didn't I pick you up three years ago in the 1492 for not believing in Columbus? Yeah. I don't believe in Cleveland or Cincinnati either. How about Toledo? I, uh, I ain't made up my mind yet about Toledo. Okay, mister, I get the picture now. You don't believe in nothing, do you? Nothing. And you want to know something else? What's that? I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk right out of this room. Because you guys ain't got nothing on me. There ain't no law against not believing in Santa Claus. There is in my book. Let me tell you something, mister. I'm going to prove there's a Santa Claus if it takes me all night. Yeah, pretty funny. The police department's got nothing else to do. Let me straighten you out, buddy. This one's on Frank and me. Right, Frank? Right, Frank? There really is an Easter Bunny, isn't there, Joe? You know, hippity-hopping down the bunny trail? I took Grudge over to the helicopter, got in, flew around the city for hours. I showed him department stores. What's hurrying in and out of those department stores, Grudge? Happy people, but I ain't impressed. I showed him stockings. How are those stockings hung, Grudge? By the chimney with care, but I didn't hang none up. I showed him children nestled all snug in their beds. What's dancing in their heads, Grudge? Visions of sugar plums. But you ain't selling me. There ain't no Santa Claus. He still didn't believe. There was only one thing left to do. My job, get to the North Pole. 11.45 p.m., we arrived at the North Pole. I set the plane down. We walked over to Sandy's workshop, rang the bell. Pardon me, sir. Could we talk to your boss, please? Oh, he's out. You would come on the one night he's out in the whole year. Mm-hmm. What's your particular job? My boss has eight tiny reindeer. My job, feed them. Mm-hmm, yes, sir. What do you feed them? Well, most times I fixed up a little plate of relish. Olives, pickles, and them carrot sticks. You know them little old carrot sticks? Mm-hmm. And scallions. Most, most folks, folks call them green onions, onions but, but they're, they're really scallions. How do you know? Just a stab in the dark. The little man showed us through the workshop. My boss will be back for a second load pretty soon. Say, would you all like to hear an interesting story? Yes, sir. Will you see that huge pile of presents over there? Mm-hmm. Man, look at all that stuff. Would you believe it? They're all for the same man, been piling up here year after year. Why didn't the guy ever get them? Yeah, why? Because he didn't believe in my boss. You know the rules. Mm-hmm, we know. I, uh, don't suppose there's no chance that this, this guy can still... Get the presents? Oh, sure. He gets them all. The minute he believes. But I don't suppose he ever will. Too bad about that guy. What's his name? Don't say it. I don't want to hear it. Come on, what's his name? His name? Grudge. The little man saw us at the door, wished us a Merry Christmas. We were heading back to the plane when it happened. Hey! Yeah, Grudge? You know that guy I said I didn't believe in? Who's that? This is Santa Claus? Yes, sir. You think I'm too old to change my mind? You're never too old, Mr. Grudge. Well, then I, I... I believe in Santa Claus and Columbus. How about Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Easter Bunny? Yeah, them too. And Toledo? I... I still ain't made up my mind yet about Toledo. Look, Grudge, up in the sky. He's coming back for the second load. It's Santa Claus! It's Santa Claus! There's the only guy I know can make everybody happy in one night. Yeah, he must have the biggest heart in the whole world! That's about the size of it.
you have just heard was true. And the next one you're going to hear about Bob's search for his wife Dolores' Christmas present is also true. Keep your dial glued to a Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know. And on Monday, December 20th, turn your TV dial to NBC for the merriest of the merry, Bob Hope's Christmas Show, a bag full of comedy, with special guest stars Mac Davis, Olivia Newton-John, Lonnie Anderson, and John Wayne. Tune in at 8 p.m. Eastern for an hour of Yuletide laughs. Right now, these words from Whitman's Chocolates. How do you recapture the spirit of Christmas past? You might try opening a Whitman sampler. There's around 140 years of Christmas tradition inside that sampler box, and many generations of Americans have enjoyed Christmas just a little more because they reached into the Whitman sampler and sampled one of the delicious chocolates inside, all tasting of good times and good Christmases. Whitman's, the gift America's been giving ever since 1842. If you're still looking for great Christmas buys for the skier or sportsman on your list, shop the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales till 5 p.m. tonight. Save an additional 25% off specially marked items. For example, nylon polyester ski bibs. Sunset's regular price, $19.97, now just $14.95. Or ski-style jackets, regularly $24.75, now just $18.57. Save an additional 25% on nylon moon boots, backpacks, fishing reels, and ladies' and men's reversible vinyl raincoats. Some as low as 4 and $5. Save 25% off regular low prices on all Christmas decorations. Don't miss the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales. Open today till 5 p.m. at the corner of 39th and Holgate. Sunset Surplus Sales where you won't be able to leave without finding a bargain. Open till 5 tonight, closed Christmas, open Sunday, December 26th. A Bob Hope NBC Christmas continues with Tom Lehrer. Let the raucous sleigh bell jingle, hail our dear old friend Kris Kringle, driving his reindeer across the sky. Don't stand underneath when they fly by. <laughs> You know, Tom Lear has a point. Sometimes Christmas gets out of control. For instance, did you ever notice how many people you wind up giving gifts to? Sometimes it goes too far. Like the time announcer Bill Goodwin was at the house a couple of days before Christmas. You know, Christmas is getting out of hand, Bill. I've spent over $500 on presents already. But if one more person tries to get a Christmas present out of me, so help me, I tell you. Hiya, Mr. Hope. It's just the mailman. Thought I'd walk right in because I got a lot of mail for you today. Man! Christmas. I always remember you, and I know you won't forget me. <laughs> Boy, did he pick the wrong time. <laughs> and I'll dump these letters on the table. There you are, serving you as always, day after day. Like our motto says, neither hail nor snow nor sleet shall stop this courier from the swift completion of his appointed rounds. Is that the end of the commercial, or is there more? <laughs> well, I'll be seeing you, Mr. Hope, and hold this thought. When Christmas morn dawns bright and clear, and you partake of Yuletide cheer, think of all the poor mailmen from here to Nantucket soaking their pooped-out dogs in a bucket. Well, so long! Well, gee, Bob, now you'll have to give him a present. Yeah, especially after that laugh he got. <laughs> well, let's see what he brought, Bill. Oh, plenty. Look at all these Christmas cards. 
You sure do get a lot of cards yes, and Yes, yes, I know. Bob. My fans are wonderful to me, Bill. Well, I just mentioned on the air those Remington electric shavers that can shave the fuzz off a peach, and they sent me hundreds of them. Look at them all. Yeah, I see them. But, gee, won't they rot if you don't put them in the icebox? <laughs> Getting back to your Christmas list, Bob, have you bought gifts for everyone? Yeah, Bill, except my wife. I'm going crazy trying to find a present for Dolores. Well, everybody has trouble finding a present for his wife, Bob. Yeah, this is the only time of year I'm glad I'm not King Farouk. <laughs> I sure wish I could think of a nice present for her. Well, doesn't Dolores give you a hint of what she wants? Well, usually. Last year, she told me how beautiful Betty Grable looked in silver mink coat and dark glasses, so that's what I got her. Oh, gee, she must have flipped on Christmas morning. She did. She thought I was going to get her the mink coat, too. <laughs> Come on, Bill, let's run downtown right now and see if we can find something for her. Okay, Bob. Let's go in this department store right here. I wonder if the floor walker could make some suggestions. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed your striped pants and cutaway coat and that carnation in your lapel are you the floor walker? Uh, no, I'm the chairman of the United Nations. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, I've got to buy a present for my wife. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, how about a fur coat? We have a heavenly silver mink coat for $15,000. No, that's too much. Well, we have a blue mink for $10,000. Or a lovely ranch mink coat for $5,000. Look, what can I get for about $200? A shower curtain with five o'clock shadow. Now look, don't use that tone of voice to me. It isn't a gift that counts, it's the spirit. And besides, I thought you were supposed to be polite to people. It to most people. <laughs> but there's two customers the store says I can insult any time I please. Yeah, who are they? You and Jack Benny. <laughs> Please, don't compare me with a Scrooge of Santa Monica. <laughs> Look, all I want is some suggestions. This present doesn't have to be anything as fancy as a mink coat. It doesn't? No, my wife has very simple tastes. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you must have got up on the wrong side of your hair dryer this morning. Now, will you please direct me to the less expensive gifts? I've got to get my wife a present. Yeah, very well. Go straight down this aisle, turn left through housewares and notions, then turn right through cotton goods and straight on out. Where will that take me? To the sidewalk. <laughs> the Salvation Army is right next door. You can snatch something for her off one of the racks. I took Frank the Floor Walker Nelson's advice and went outside. And there was a smell of chestnuts in the nippy yuletide air. I couldn't help but think of Nat King Cole's famous Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe help to make the season bright. 
tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. They know that Santa's on his way. He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh. And every mother's child is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to Frank Sinatra and Al Jolson ring jingle bells when a Bob Hope NBC Christmas just like the ones we used to know returns. First, this from Kraft. Santa Claus for parquet margarine. <laughs> a bite for Ben, a yo-yo for Allison, and some toasted parquet margarine for me. <laughs> Butter. Cups don't talk, and besides, you're parquet. Butter. <laughs> One quick taste will tell. Mmm, sweet, creamy. You are butter. Parquet. Remember, Santa knows a good little cup from a bad little cup. I love you, Santa. <laughs> Parquet margarine from Kraft. The flavor says... Butter. If you're still looking for great Christmas buys for the skier or sportsman on your list, shop the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales till 5 p.m. tonight. Save an additional 25% off specially marked items. For example, nylon polyester ski bibs. Sunset's regular price, $19.97, now just $14.95. Or ski-style jackets, regularly $24.75, now just $18.57. Save an additional 25% on nylon moon boots, backpacks, fishing reels, and ladies' and men's reversible vinyl raincoats. Some as low as 4 and $5. Save 25% off regular low prices on all Christmas decorations. Don't miss the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales. Open today till 5 p.m. at the corner of 39th and Holgate. Sunset Surplus Sales, where you won't be able to leave without finding a bargain. Open till 5 tonight. Closed Christmas, open Sunday, December 26th. A Bob Hope NBC Christmas continues. And once again, here's Bob. It always amazes me how different people get into the Yuletide spirit. For many years, we had an elderly lady in our cast named Irene Ryan. And even though Miss Ryan's health was a matter of constant concern, especially to her, she did manage to get herself in a holiday mood in her own peculiar way. Oh, hello there, Mr. Hall. Well, it's Miss Ryan. Say, I'm just out buying my Christmas tree. Did you get yours yet? Well, I haven't been feeling so well, you know. And in my condition, I thought it would be silly to squander a lot of money on a Christmas tree. So I'm just renting one from day to day. <laughs> the Santa Claus that comes to her house is on a stretcher pulled by four interns. <laughs> well, I've got to get along, Miss Ryan, and buy that Christmas tree. Oh, the holiday season does cost a lot of money, but I did save quite a lot on my Christmas cards. Well, how's that? Well... 
My doctor just sent back my x-ray pictures, and my liver turned out to be shaped just like a reindeer. So I'm just going to paint some antlers on it and say Merry Christmas from deep down inside me. Miss Ryan celebrated from deep down inside her, and Frank Sinatra sang from the same place. In this case, with the Ralph Brewster Singers. I love those J. sang Jingle Bells on NBC, he brought along his own special arrangement. And when Al Jolson sang Jingle Bells on NBC, he brought along not only a special arrangement, but special lyrics, too. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, o'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. But before we dash too far, we pause throughout the nation to let the network that we use identify each station. Jingle bells, jingle bells, I'm singing on one knee. We'll be back again on NBC. The National Broadcasting Company. Well, Al's song couldn't have come at a better time because the first hour of this Christmas cornucopia is just about over. But stick around, there'll be some great jokes next hour. Like the time I arrived at Sawtell Hospital. Let me welcome you to Sawtell Hospital. I'm Dr. Hubbard. Dr. Hubbard, huh? Yes, I'm the head of the hospital. Here, shake hands. Well, hi, you, Dr. Hubbard. Put it there. Ouch! Ouch! My arm! <laughs> well, what's the matter? What a sneaky way to give a man a hypodermic. <laughs> or the time I arrived at Corona Hospital. Welcome to Corona Hospital. I'm Captain Van. Captain Van? <laughs> Yes, I'm the commanding medical officer of this hospital. Shake hands. Sure thing. Put it there, Captain. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, what's the matter? What a sneaky way to get new patients. 
<laughs> if only we could have gotten new jokes. Stay tuned, everybody. Next hour, we will. A Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know, will return after this pause for station identification. This is NBC, the network that brought you the Porsche Faces Life Christmas program. <laughs> Jaws Profet Items View Multi Select List Box Track 2 of the Bob Hope NBC Unloading Jaw Cat. Okay, enter, enter. This is KXL Portland. NBC News. This is Cameron Swayze reporting. On the night before Christmas, there's going to be very little stirring in the Rocky Mountain states. A howling blizzard with winds over 50 miles an hour has plastered most of Colorado and Wyoming with snow more than a foot deep. Denver Stapleton Airport has closed and thousands of people who had planned to be home for the holidays are stranded there. Rich Friedman manages the Denim Broker restaurant near Denver and he can still manage a chuckle. I got to close all day. I don't have any employees and uh, I even had to cancel a banquet. So it's just going to be a nice long holiday for everybody. The National Weather Service says the blizzard probably will spread over much of the central plains by late today. Eastward along the leading edge of the storm, tornadoes have ripped through parts of Arkansas and Oklahoma. At Malvern, Arkansas, Trooper Paul Curtis says they are trying to clear away damage from a twister that hurt 14 people. Traffic tie-ups and uh, too many sightseers coming into the area trying to look over, you know, the damage. It's, it's always kind of fascinating, I guess, to get out and look at this sort of thing. And uh, that seems to be our major problem now, and it's hampering our... Uh, clean-up operations and rescue operations and also our operations of finding out how much damage has been done. In all, several dozen people were hurt, some livestock killed, and several million dollars damage done by tornadoes in Arkansas and Oklahoma. More news in a minute. I, uh, I was at this convention in Atlantic City and uh, I noticed I was covering my mouth with my hand because my teeth were yellow from smoking. Uh, so I got Topol. Topol Smoker's Tooth Polish is a combination of polishing agents and a rich foaming cleanser, especially formulated to help remove ugly yellow tobacco stains. Yet laboratory research has proven Topol cleans gently enough to be used every day instead of regular toothpaste. Topol made my teeth bright again. Topol Smoker's Tooth Polish. Fluoride or mint. What a way to start our vacation with a flat tire. There, it's fixed. My aching back isn't. Oh, John, you're back? Yeah, lifting the tire did it. Look, let me drive and we'll stop for some Doan's pills. Hey, Doan's pills, that'll help. Good advice. Doan's pills for temporary relief of simple backache pain due to overexertion, stress, or strain. Use only as directed. Well, we made it before sundown. Yeah, and thanks to Doan's pills, we can go for a walk before dinner. There has been an air disaster in China. 
Correspondent Sandy Gilmore has details. The China news agency Xinhua reports that some of the 69 passengers and crew members of Flight 202 died after fire broke out during landing this afternoon at Canton Airport. Other passengers are in serious condition, according to a China Airlines spokesman, and still others are all right. China Air tells NBC News that some foreigners were aboard the plane, but the spokesman could not say whether any Americans were on the flight from Lanzhou to Canton in South China. This is the second fatal airline incident this year in China, and that does not count a mid-air explosion detonated by hijackers this summer. Sandy Gilmore, NBC News, Peking. In the raging North Sea off the Netherlands, Royal Dutch Navy helicopters have done a tricky piece of flying, hauling to safety the 42 crewmen of an offshore oil rig. The rig had been battered and was listing, and the choppers had to hold position in very high winds. This is NBC News. When I first had a little gray hair, I didn't mind it. But now I've got too much gray, and my hair is tired looking. Colorex is the answer to men's tired looking gray hair. Whether you leave the cream on three minutes for a light brown, five minutes for a medium brown, or ten minutes for a richer brown, your hair will have the highlights that make hair look natural. The Colorex results are so good, my hair looks fantastic. I can't believe it. Make sure it's Colorex, because Colorex lets you control the color of your hair. Use only as directed. Everybody calls them age spots, and I guess that's what they are. I don't expect anything to make them all completely disappear. But I would be so happy if they were just a lot less noticeable, not so dark. If you have pigmentation brown spots on your skin, get Porcelana Fade Cream and stick with it. It did take time, but they did fade. If you're out in the sun a lot, get Porcelana with sunscreen. To help keep the sun from darkening the brown spots, Porcelana is trying to lighten. Use only as directed. All in all, it's a blue Christmas in the homes of many American auto workers, and things don't look too promising for the first part of the new year. From Detroit, Tom Campbell reports. Auto sales have risen in each of the last six reporting periods, but the improvement has not been strong enough to warrant big production increases. Domestic automakers will begin the new year with 23 car and truck assembly plants shut down, giving more than 59,000 hourly workers and extended holiday next month. The company's ordered one- and two-week plant shutdowns after the Christmas break ends January 3rd. Car production for the year slumped to a 24-year low of just over 5 million units, a decline of 45% from 1977. Tom Campbell for NBC News, Detroit. Polish actors today ended their boycott against state-run radio and television. The boycott was a protest against martial law. Now that some restrictions have been lifted, the Polish actors say they have ended their protest as a holiday gesture. Cameron Swayze, NBC News. I wanted our street to have the prettiest Christmas decorations in the neighborhood, so I strung colored bulbs from house to house all the way down the block. And I did all the electric wiring myself. If you'd like further information, just drive down Moore Park Street in North Hollywood. We're the third pile of ashes from the corner. You'll love it. <laughs> Continuing a tradition that's been going on for the past 60 minutes. It's a Bob Hope NBC Christmas just like the ones we used to know. Presented by two sponsors who know you're enjoying the show as much as they enjoyed paying for it. Whitman's Chocolates and Kraft Foods. And here he is again, Bob Hope. 
But it's a wonderful Yuletide, and I gave away a lot of fine, expensive presents this year. <laughs> it's been a wonderful Christmas. I've been a regular Santa Claus. <laughs> it takes more than a pouch to make a Santa hope. Oh, you're still up there in my head, eh, conscience? What's wrong with you now? Well, you didn't give me a present. Why should I? All you ever gave me was dandruff. <laughs> what about the time I saved your life when you were a baby? I don't remember your saving my life. Who do you think stopped your father from drowning you? <laughs> but I guess I do owe you something, Conch. After all, you've stuck with me through thick and thin. Only through thick, Hope. Remember, I'm in your head. <laughs> anyway, why should I give you anything for Christmas? What'd you ever do for me? What'd I ever do for you? Why, Robbie boy, I've done a lot for you. Remember when you were a little boy, you were crossing the railroad tracks, you didn't see a train coming? Suddenly, a little voice warned you just in time. I saved your life. That's right, I remember, Conch. Why, well, you saved my life. If it weren't for you, there would be no Bob Hope. Yeah, can you blame me for staying up here and never showing my face? Well, there's an example of my conscience getting the better of me. And you know, that happens a lot at this time of the year. Buying the right gift for someone can be a real problem at Christmas. It's moments like that bout with my conscience that make me want to splurge on presents. One year, I decided to buy an antique gun for a friend of mine. And I went to a shop that specialized on early American firearms. Good evening, sir. May I help you? Oh, yes, I'm in the market for an early American gun. Fine. Our Miss Daniels will help you. Step right over here, please. How do you do, sir? May I be of service? Well, I hope so. I'm interested in an antique. Well, my number is Hillside 5413. No, you don't understand. I'm looking for a pistol. After two cups of Ovaltine, I am a pistol. <laughs> Take it easy, dear. You'll pop the snaps on your camisole. <laughs> now, do you have any early American guns? Well, we have this pistol right here. It's very rare, a fine specimen. It's at least 200 years old. Well, it's certainly an interesting piece. Yes, and a tribute to the ingenuity of the early gun makers. You see, in order to fire the gun, the flint was inserted in the flint rock, and then a ball was placed in the barrel, along with a charge of powder from a powder horn and a wad of cotton. The whole thing was then rammed down with a ramrod, then the ramrod was replaced in its holder, and then the gun was cocked and ready to go. And then they fired the gun? No, by that time, the war was usually over. <laughs> I guess Christmas shopping holds trials and tribulations for everyone. Miss Vera Vague, who was a regular member of our cast for years, had problems of her own. Chief among them wasn't so much finding a Christmas gift, but finding a husband. So, so it was really crowded shopping in San Diego, Miss Vague. Crowded? Mr. Hope, I could hardly move. I was all squeezed in by a bunch of sailors. Yeah, that must have been terrible. Well, everybody to his own opinion. <laughs> Have you got my presents yet? Oh, yes, Miss Vague. I got you something you've always wanted. Really? How tall is he? <laughs> no, no, Miss Vague. Something for around your house. Something to brighten up the place. Really? <laughs> How tall is he? 
tall enough to see you first. Anyway, Mr. Hope, I bumped into Santa Claus in one of the stores down there. Oh, goodness, he was so glad to see me. I don't doubt him, Miss Vega. I hear one of his reindeers is sick this year. <laughs> you dear boy. <laughs> you know, Mr. Hope, I can't think of a present to get my boyfriend. Tell me, if you were a man, what would you like? Well, Vera Vague may have had trouble in San Diego, and I may have run into complications at the antique store, but no matter where any of us went, we always seemed to run into that same sidewalk Santa while we were shopping. Put some money in the pot, boy. Now, what was the address of that shop? Maybe this Santa Claus knows. Hiya, Santa. Merry Christmas, boy. Yeah. <laughs> What's the good word? Put something in the pot, boy. Okay, here's a dollar. Thanks. Wait a minute, you're putting it in your vest pocket instead of the kettle. Whoops, wrong pot. <laughs> my eyes are just going to pieces. Why, what's the matter? And as a child, my eyes were subjected to very bright lights. How come? Mother took me along every time they put her in the lineup. <laughs> well, you're a very interesting type. Have you always been a Santa Claus? Oh, no. Once I was a big, influential man. I had clothes, cars, money, a good time Charlie. Then came... What? 1929. The crash? No, that was my number at Sing Sing. <laughs> oh, fine, a jailbird. That's right. And I wouldn't mind being in jail right now. You wouldn't? No. That way I could spend Christmas with the rest of the family. <laughs> Now, wait a minute. You mean your whole family's in jail? Yes, it's something of a tradition with us. As a matter of fact, my great-great-great-grandfather, Hezekiah Kirkwood, came over on the Mayflower in the brig. <laughs> well, I don't know how anybody can be proud of having crooks for ancestors. Oh, but I am. And if you'll bear with me, sir, I'd like to show you a picture of my dad, old Goneth Kirkwood. <laughs> Well, let me see. Say, that's very interesting. He's sitting in the electric chair, holding a highball in his hand. That's right. That was the day he was chosen man of extinction. <laughs> but enough of this, Percy Fly. How about putting something in the pot, boy? You know, you fascinate me. You admit to being a crook. Boy, I'm so crooked, I have to put my hat on with a screwdriver. Well, frankly, I think you're bragging. Well, I got a right to. I just finished a 20-year stretch. What did you do 20 years for? Serving my wife breakfast in bed. They put you in jail for that? How come? Well, the bed was in a gnash, and then I drove it off a cliff. <laughs> Why, you cad? No, it was a nash. <laughs> See, I've been studying you, boy. You look awfully familiar. Really? Well, I'm Bob Hope. I thought so. You know, I hear all your radio shows, and I see all your pictures. Well, what do you think? Take something out of the pot, boy. <laughs> Larry! 
Bob exchanges Christmas presents with Bing Crosby when a Bob Hope NBC Christmas continues. Right now, a message from the people at Whitman's Chocolates. I was the youngest in the family, so on Christmas morning, I always got to open the very first gift under the Christmas tree. Everyone used to push one special package toward me. <laughs> we all knew what it would be before I opened it. The Whitman Sampler, full of everyone's favorite chocolates. I'd open up the sampler and pretend to be surprised. <laughs> then we'd all laugh, pass it around, and get on with Christmas. Whitman's, part of America's Christmas ever since 1842. Make sure you look your finest for the holidays with an Eva Gabor wig from Wells Wholesale Wigs, Oregon's largest wig sales outlet. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public and features hundreds of wigs in stock. You can save 20% off every wig in stock through the end of the year. See the Eva Gabor Light and Airy Wig, regularly $38, now on sale for just $30. Or see the Diana Wig, regularly $30, now just $24. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public. Call for a free catalog, 234-0977. That's 234-0977. Wells Wholesale Wigs at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. Open Monday through Saturday from 9 to 5. Use your Visa or MasterCard. They have hundreds of beautiful wigs, and there's a wig stylist on duty at all times. Remember, save 20% on Eva Gabor wigs and many other styles through the end of the year. Wells Wholesale Wigs at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. The people there are experts and can help you look your best. A Bob Hope NBC Christmas just like the ones we used to know continues with Bob, Bing Crosby, the Meltones, and Desi Arnaz, who was Bob's band leader for a while in the 40s. Hello, Bob. Oh, Desi, this is Bing Crosby. You've heard of him. Oh, sure. He's the American Tito Guisar. Yeah. Hello, Tito. Habla español. Habla español, sí. Tito, my amigo, el señor Hope, is muy simpático, no? Sí, simpático, pero chico, no, el dinero. No dinero. No, no dinero. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, something tells me I'm not getting the best of this. Play, Desi. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll now hear from the voice of Firestone. Retread it, Mr. Crowley. Oh, buttermilk sky, I'm keeping my eyes on you. What's the good word tonight? Are you going to be mellow tonight? Oh, buttermilk sky, can't you see my little donkey in me? We're as happy as a Christmas tree, heading for the one I love. Happy as a Christmas tree. Boy, that's an appropriate lyric for Bing. Not only because this is a Christmas show, but because that's just the way our audience would light up when he came on stage. Whether he sang a great tune like Buttermilk Sky or Joke With Me about the Christmas gifts we gave each other. This is shortwave, so listen close. I don't understand all this indignation, Junior. What do you expect me to give you for Christmas? Miss America wrapped in cellophane or something? Stop bragging. You couldn't get within a mile of Miss America with Errol Flynn on a leash. To demonstrate to all concerned just who is the biker and who has the generous heart in this team. Now, for your Christmas gift from me, I want you to pick out anything in the place. A very generous Aunt Libby. No, oh, I mean it. I, I mean it. Young lady. Yeah. I'll take that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come to think of it, Christmas gifts were always an issue between Bing and me. And somehow, he always came away better than I did. Is this my present? Mm-hmm. The other side is a dish rag. <laughs> Why, you 
cheapskate, you miser, you pebble beach penny pincher. Penny pincher? Why, look, Scrooge, I happen to know that you line the insides of your trousers with money. That's a lie. Don't tell me. I've seen you in the locker room. The flap on your underwear has a serial number. <laughs> I wouldn't talk if I were you. You're too cheap to even buy a Christmas tree. You've got Gary Cooper standing in your living room with pine needles stuck in him. That, sir, is a base canard. Yes, well, it just so happened. What'd you say? <laughs> base canard, that's French for hoax, falsehood, lie. Look, hammy yogurt. <laughs> Why don't you speak English? There's nothing wrong with an occasional French phrase. After all, French is, is a romantic language, the language mm. of the intellectuals. Mm. <laughs> Go ahead, act superior. You had advantages. You went to college. Nobody helped me. I had to become an idiot on my own. As an instinctive reaction, if I've ever heard it. I might add, it's a job well done. Just for that. <laughs> Just for that, I'm not going to give you your Christmas present. Here, now, let me see that. Let go of that. Well, There you are, wise guy. Now we're even. Only a nearsighted, colorblind half-wit would wear that stupid-looking tie. I like it. <laughs> I should have known. You don't go shopping for clothes in the store. You just hijack a Salvation Army truck. <laughs> Bing and I may have been tough on each other when it came to gifts, but he sure gave the rest of the world some wonderful Christmas presents. Ones that we continue to enjoy. Year after year, of course, I'm talking about his bounty of Christmas songs. Like Silver Bells, Silent Night, Adesta Fidelis, which he'd do at the beginning of his Christmas show every year. And, of course, the all-time classic, White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the one I used to know where the treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. With every Christmas card I write, may your days be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow 
hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know, continues right after these words from Kraft. Invited to casino, natural cheese, and you can almost taste the milk. Cause what you taste is mild and smooth. Take a smooth bite into any one of the distinctive tastes of Casino Natural Cheese. There's Casino Swiss, Munster, Monterey Jack, and Mozzarella. No preservatives, and made to be mild. Bite into Casino Natural Cheese, and you can almost taste the milk. Cause what you taste is mild and Make sure you look your finest for the holidays with an Eva Gabor wig from Wells Wholesale Wigs, Oregon's largest wig sales outlet. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public and features hundreds of wigs in stock. You can save 20% off every wig in stock through the end of the year. See the Eva Gabor Light and Airy Wig, regularly $38, now on sale for just $30. Or see the Diana Wig, regularly $30, now just $24. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public. Call for a free catalog, 234-0977. That's 234-0977. Wells Wholesale Wigs at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. Open Monday through Saturday from 9 to 5. Use your Visa or MasterCard. They have hundreds of beautiful wigs, and there's a wig stylist on duty at all times. Remember, save 20% on Eva Gabor wigs and many other styles through the end of the year. Wells Wholesale Wigs at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. The people there are experts and can help you look your best. It's a Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know. And once again, here's Bob. For many years on NBC, there was a comedy program called Amos and Andy. It might have been one of the most popular shows of all time. And every year on their annual Christmas show, they'd include a beautiful sequence that became a classic because it contains the essence of the holiday, love. Picture a little girl all snug in her bed on Christmas Eve. Snow is falling outside her window. As she looks out, her father appears at the door of her room. Well, honey, see is right in bed there. Uh-huh. Daddy, can I turn on the little radio for a minute before I go to sleep? Well, just for a minute or two, darling. I'll snap it on for you. There he is. Now we let it warm up a few seconds. We don't want to wake up baby. Oh, music never wakes him up, Daddy. Well, let me straighten your covers out a little bit. Did you say your prayers, honey? Mommy heard my prayers before she went out, Daddy. The Christmas choir continues with the Lord's Prayer. Well, now get under the covers, honey. Daddy, could you get some Christmas music on the radio? Why, darling, this is the very best Christmas music you could get. They're going to sing the Lord's Prayer. I've been saying the Lord's Prayer with Mommy. She's been teaching it to me. I know she is. What does the Lord's Prayer mean, Daddy? It means an awful lot. And with the world like it is today, it seems to have a bigger meaning than ever before. But what does the Lord's Prayer mean, Daddy? The Lord's Prayer? Well, darling, I'll explain it to you. Oh, will you, Daddy? Now, you lay down and you listen. All right. Now, the first line of the Lord's Prayer is this. 
Our Father, which art in heaven, that means Father of all that is good, where no wrong can dwell. And then it says, Hallowed be thy name. That means, darling, that we should love and respect all that is good. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven, that means, darling, as we clean our hearts of all hate and selfishness and fill our hearts with love, the good, the true, and the beautiful, then earth will be like heaven. That would be wonderful, Daddy. Give us this day our daily bread. That means to feed our hearts and minds with kindness, love, and courage, which will make us strong for our daily task. And after that, the next line says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You remember the golden rule, honey? Yes, Daddy. Well, that means that we must keep the golden rule and do unto others as we would want others to do unto us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That means, my darling, to ask God to help us do and see and think right so that we will neither be led or tempted by anything that's bad. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That means, darling, that all the world Everything that's in it belongs to God's kingdom. Everything. Your mommy, your daddy, your little brother, your grandma, you and everybody. And as we know that and act as if we know it, that, my dear girl, is the real spirit of Christmas. That's good, Daddy. Isn't that beautiful? I don't think Frank Capra could have captured the spirit of Christmas better than that. Wait a minute. What's that, Jingle Bells? What is it, Santa again? Why, no, it's Richard Sturban and the rest of the Oak Ridge Boys with the Oak Ridge Kids, and they got a song from their new Christmas album. Thank you very much, Bob. It's certainly a real joy and a real pleasure for the Oak Ridge Boys to be a part of your Christmas radio special this year. All right, kids, come on, gather around. Gather around here with the boys. We're going to sing us a Christmas song. Come on, gather in now. As I personally reflect on Christmas as an individual, I think Christmas is certainly one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, I reflect on Christmas as a child, 
And it certainly was a time of family, time of getting together with my brother and sister, my mother and father, and, and a time of the year when it seemed like the family became closer together than it was at any other time of the year. And certainly some of my fondest memories are, are have to do with Christmas as a child. It's always a pleasure to be associated with a man and an entertainer of your caliber. And we're very, very happy to be here taking part of this Christmas radio special this year. La, 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 la. It's Christmas. Let's hear the Oak kids do it. Come on. Well, as the Oak Ridge boys ride off into the sunset with the Oak Ridge kids, a Bob Hope NBC Christmas takes a short pause for the folks at Whitman's Chocolates. Every Christmas Eve when we were kids, we put a Whitman sampler by the fireplace for Santa. On Christmas morning, we'd run downstairs to see what chocolate Santa had eaten. Actual proof that he'd really been there. Well, it's become a family tradition. Now, my kids put a Whitman sampler by the fireplace every Christmas Eve. I think they're catching on to me, though, because Santa and I have the same taste in chocolates. Whitman's, a Christmas tradition ever since 1842. If you're still looking for great Christmas buys for the skier or sportsman on your list, shop the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales till 5 p.m. tonight. Save an additional 25% off specially marked items. For example, nylon polyester ski bibs. Sunset's regular price, $19.97, now just $14.95. Or ski-style jackets, regularly $24.75, now just $18.57. Save an additional 25% on nylon moon boots, backpacks, fishing reels, and ladies' and men's reversible vinyl raincoats. Some as low as 4 and $5. Save 25% off regular low prices on all Christmas decorations. Don't miss the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales. Open today till 5 p.m. at the corner of 39th and Holgate. Sunset Surplus Sales, where you won't be able to leave without finding a bargain. Open till 5 tonight. Closed Christmas, open Sunday, December 26th. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, it's a Bob Hope NBC Christmas just like the ones we used to know. And here's Bob. Thanks, Bill. And you know, a sleigh ride is a great way to get into the Christmas spirit. Another way is to throw a really great party. Of course, at a Christmas party, somebody's got to dress up as Santa. And one time, Francis Langford, Vera Vega, and I were down in San Diego with Bing for our Christmas show. We were entertaining the waves at the naval base and the question of who would play Santa at the party after the show came up. Oh, I'm glad you're here, Bing. Bob is going to throw a Christmas party for these waves later on tonight. Gee, on their salary, do you think they can afford it? <laughs> Who's going to be 
Santa Claus at the party, Bob. Well, if we can take the padding out of him, it'll be just the right size. Hmm. Bob, I think you ought to play St. Nick, really. It'd be more novel. What's so novel about me? Well, most Santas have the pouch on their back. <laughs> what, are you... <laughs> what are you hiding, cigarettes? <laughs> well, if you're going to get all broke up about it, I'll hose nose. Come over yes, here. Yes, sir. I'll yes, play sir. Santa for all these charming ways. Oh, I mean, oh swell. Swell, Marblehead. I have the suit right here. I have the Santa Claus suit. Will you try it oh, on? I'm glad to. Looks like a pretty good fit, Dad. I'll just slip into these trousers here. Hey, that's fine. Well, not bad, huh? Now I'll pick up my bag of toys. <laughs> Looks like I'll have to go into dry dock for an overhaul. I'll see. <laughs> well, Bing did get himself back together again in time for the party. Oh, we're all here, Mr. Hope, but where's Santa Claus? Here I come, folks. Up, down the hill. Well, where'd you get the reindeer, Santa? I just tied some old hat racks on my horses. <laughs> Those are your racehorses? Yeah, up, Prancer, up, Dancer, up, Dunder and Blitzen. Oh, come on, fellas, stand up. Who knows, you might like it. Come on, get out. Maybe it's past their milking hour. Yes, sir. Ho, ho, ho. It's your old friend, St. Nick. Ho, ho, am I laughing? <laughs> yes, sir. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, am I laughing? Look, Daddy Claus. Claus. You're supposed to laugh it up, but aren't you overdoing it a little? Oh, I, I can't help it. <laughs> I put a pillow in my suit and the feathers came out. <laughs> Say, Bing, if you're really playing Santa Claus, you should be on the roof. How are you going to get up there with those reindeer? Well, I'll drive right up the side of the house. Come on, Dunder and Blitz, old kid. You can do it. This is radio. Come on. <laughs> Now. Ouch, ouch. Hey, it's me. Oh, whoa, put out that fire. Ouch, ouch. Bob, didn't you hear? It's Bing Crosby. Why don't you put out the fire? Don't be silly, Francis. It's hard to get smoked ham these days. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I shouldn't have left the fire burning while Bing came down the chimney. Because a couple of years later, he made me play Santa. How did I know Jerry Colonna would be playing a traffic cop? Prancer, up Prancer, up Dunder and Blitzen, up Fortescue. Fortescue, what's he doing in there? He's the CIO organizer. Get out! <laughs> Isn't it wonderful up here? Look down at that earth below us there, son. This is a night of brotherly love. Everybody's friends. All right, all right. Pull over. Pull over there. Pull over. Pull over to the side of the cloud. Pull over there. But, officer... Pull over, you just passed a red star. Let's see your driver's license. Why, I'm old St. Nick. Ha, 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 Yes, sir, good old St. Nick. Ha, 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 And drunk, too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give me that double talk. I'm on duty up here. You're on duty, but we're 10,000 feet above the ground. What duty? Rose Bowl traffic, top layer. <laughs> Party boys, I'll have to arrest you. But, officer, I'm trying to tell you, I'm Santa Claus. Santa Claus? Ah, yes, I know your sister well. My sister? Yes, Santa Monica. <laughs> Here's Margaret Whiting with It's Christmas Time Again.
snowflakes falling, church bells calling, it's Christmas time again. Fires lighted, kids excited, it's Christmas time again. Santa Claus brings to good little girls and boys candle glow and mistletoe it's Christmas time again carols sung and stockings hung it's Christmas time again there's a tree trim our glasses brim with love and joy and cheer to all a merry christmas and a happy new Armstrong walks through a winter wonderland when a Bob Hope NBC Christmas just like the ones we used to know returns. Santa Claus for parquet margarine. <laughs> a bite for Ben, a yo-yo for Allison, and some toasted parquet margarine for me. <laughs> Butter. Cups don't talk, and besides, you're parquet. Butter. <laughs> One quick taste will tell. Mmm, sweet, creamy. You are butter. Parquet. Remember, Santa knows a good little cup from a bad little cup. I love you, Santa. <laughs> Parquet margarine from Kraft. The flavor says... Butter. Make sure you look your finest for the holidays with an Eva Gabor wig from Wells Wholesale Wigs, Oregon's largest wig sales outlet. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public and features hundreds of wigs in stock. You can save 20% off every wig in stock through the end of the year. See the Eva Gabor Light and Airy Wig, regularly $38, now on sale for just $30. Or see the Diana Wig, regularly $30, now just $24. Wells Wholesale Wigs is open to the public. Call for a free catalog, 234-0977. That's 234-0977. Wells Wholesale Wigs at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. Open Monday through Saturday from 9 till 5. Use your Visa or MasterCard. They have hundreds of beautiful wigs, and there's a wig stylist on duty at all times. Remember, save 20% on Eva Gabor wigs and many other styles through the end of the year. Wells Wholesale Wigs at the corner of 20th and Southeast Hawthorne. The people there are experts and can help you look your best. It's a Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know. And strolling our way now is Louis Armstrong. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the land. Snow is glistening, a beautiful sight, we are happy tonight, walking in the winter wonderland, gone away is the bluebird, yeah, 
to stay is a new blaze. He sings a love song as we go along, walking in the winter wonderland. In no matter we can build snowmen and pretend that he is Parson Brown. He'll say, are you married? We'll say, no, man. But you can do the job when you're in town. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire to face unafraid the plans that we made walking while we walk in in a winter wonderland Louis sure gets the mood, doesn't he? A winter wonderland at Christmas. There's nothing like looking at the lighted store windows, seeing people with their packages, watching the gently falling snow, and hearing the cheerful sounds of the holiday season. There's a Santa Claus standing in the corner. I feel so good, I think I'll go over and give him something. Hiya, Santa. Merry Christmas to you. What's merry about it, boy? <laughs> I'm miserable. No fun standing on this corner all day exposed to the weather. Well, at least you're in California. Yeah, I have to go inside every hour and wring the sunshine out of my socks. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Things aren't too good with you, eh, Santa? It's awful, boy. <laughs> I got an aching back and chill blame. My wife's sick, too. She got the mumps so bad, she's afraid to go into a bowling alley. <laughs> Yesterday was the worst blow of all. We lost my poor old father. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, he knew he had to go. He, <laughs> he was 1A. Merry Christmas, everybody. What's happening in the pot, boy? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How do I... I thought I recognized you. How do I know this is for a legitimate charity? How can you say that? <laughs> you couldn't find a more worthy cause. Your contribution will help support a very needy family in Europe. What family is it? Mine. We're sailing Friday on the Queen Mary. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Why, you ought to be ashamed. Why, if you applied the same energy to something honest, you might be a well-to-do citizen like these people passing by. Now, take that man on the corner. I already did. <laughs> I see what you mean. See, would you mind taking my place for just a minute? Take my hat and beard and ring this bell. I want to go get a drink of water. Yeah, but I... Oh, only, I'll only be gone a second, boy. There's a drinking fountain right around the corner and through those swinging doors. 
I thought so. Oh, now, don't be too rough on me, boy. I lead a hard life. <laughs> well, I was so cold when I got home yesterday, I left the oven on all night, but I forgot to light it. <laughs> and this morning, they found me... Gassed? Almost. I was on the second bottle. <laughs> Uh, you mean to tell me you drink whiskey? What else is there to do with it? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry... Put something in the pot, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I think I'll call a cop. I'm not gonna stand here and watch these nice people being swindled. Oh, this is on the level, boy. Look at this pot. There's still chicken wire soldered to the top and locked with a master padlock. That's so I can get my hand into the top of that pot. Yeah, well, then how come your pockets are bulging? The bottom unscrews. <laughs> there ought to be a cop around here somewhere. Oh, boy, not in front of this nice little old lady coming along here. Hello, Santa. Hello, Granny. How's your cold today? Much better, thank you. I've got some money here to put in your pot. Here's five $10 bills for Christmas time. Well, gee, isn't that sweet. Granny, you've restored my faith in human nature. I would just begin to think nobody had any Yuletide spirit anymore. And here you come up and put $50 in Santa's pot. $50.40, Sonny. He had Christmas time in the fourth race. I'm his bookie. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. A Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know, continues right after these words from Whitman's Chocolates. Christmas was very different when I was a little girl. We had more time to enjoy it, time to taste the goodness of it. And one thing I especially liked about Christmas was that somebody always gave us a Whitman sampler. Just seeing a Whitman sampler takes me back. So every year, when it's close to Christmas, I drop a few hints. And Jack, or one of the children, surprises me with a Whitman sampler. Whitman's chocolates, a nice surprise at Christmas, ever since 1842. If you're still looking for great Christmas buys for the skier or sportsman on your list, shop the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales till 5 p.m. tonight. Save an additional 25% off specially marked items. For example, nylon polyester ski bibs, Sunset's regular price, $19.97, now just $14.95. Or ski-style jackets, regularly $24.75, now just $18.57. Save an additional 25% on nylon moon boots, backpacks, fishing reels, and ladies' and men's reversible vinyl raincoats. Some as low as 4 and $5. Save 25% off regular low prices on all Christmas decorations. Don't miss the pre-inventory clearance sale at Sunset Surplus Sales. Open today till 5 p.m. at the corner of 39th and Holgate. Sunset Surplus Sales, where you won't be able to leave without finding a bargain. Open till 5 tonight. Closed Christmas, open Sunday, December 26th. <laughs> Once again, here's Bob Hope. Thanks, Bill. You know, people sometimes ask me why I travel so much around Christmas time. Well, the truth is, I used to stay home, but I'd usually get into some kind of trouble whenever I did. I'll give you an example. One year, I went down to Vine Street to Hollywood to rent a Santa Claus suit for my Christmas party. Remember, somebody's got to play Santa if you want your party to be a success. 
Well, I always rented my Santa suits at the same place. So when I walked in, the clerk said, My, my, Mr. Hope, I see you come in early this season to avoid the rush. Oh, Joe, bring out a size 32 coat. Gee, that's about the size a college kid would wear. Just like a college kid. And Joe, size 48 pants. <laughs> 48? Yeah, your hips have graduated and gone out into the world. I'm built for the large economy size fireplace. <laughs> Hello? Oh, no, I can't send out any more Santa Clauses tonight. We don't have anyone available. Goodbye. Gee, I'm sorry I had to turn down Jean Tierney. Jean Tierney wants a Santa Claus over at her house? I hated to refuse it, but I just don't have anyone to send. And she's such a beautiful girl. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> well, that's life. See you next year. Goodbye. Yes, sir? Oh, uh, tell Miss Tierney Chris Kringle is here. Come in, please. I have instructions to lock the door so that you cannot get away. So I can't get away? Well, Jean Tierney isn't like that. No, but I am. You who said Well, here it This is quite a surprise after all these years. Oh, yes, isn't it? <laughs> yes, and you look the same as ever. Well. Or is that too insulting? <laughs> oh, bless your little pointed head. Yeah. You know, you're the same, too. <laughs> Still in there, punchy. <laughs> So you're the one who ordered a Santa Claus, Miss Vane? Yes. You see, I find by saying that I'm Jean Tierney, I always get a handsome, dashing type of Santa. Well, thank you. <laughs> this is the first time they ever sent me Rudolph the Spread-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> I'm just letting my hair down tonight. Well, do what you want with it. You paid for it. Yeah. Well, what am I supposed to do, Miss Vague? Why did you send for a Santa Claus? Oh, well, you see, every Yuletide season, I take a Santa Claus and I go around the neighborhood. We stand under the windows and sing Christmas carols. Oh. You know, deck the halls with boughs of holly. -la 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 -la. You stand under people's windows? <laughs> well, not too close. But anyway, uh, oh, oh what, wait a minute, what? that must be the other Santa Claus. I called several agencies. Quick, get in this closet. Well, you're auditioning a lot of Santa Clauses, Miss Vague. What's the idea? Well, one of them might be very handsome, and I'll tell you a secret, Mr. Hope. I want to get married. <laughs> no. Quick, now, get in the closet. Come in. Oh, my, what a handsome Santa Claus. Well, thank you, dear lady. <laughs> I'm jolly old Saint Nick. Ha, ha, ha. At your service. Ho, ho, ho. Right from the North Pole. Ha, ha, ha. You haven't been drinking, have you? Oh. Oh, 
darn it, I always have to start from scratch. <laughs> come on, Shannon, let's sit on the sofa. You can get real close to me and thrash me with your eyelashes. <laughs> What's your name? Well, prepare yourself for a thrill. Dear lady, I am really high upperback, fine actor, all around good egg, and star of the show. <laughs> Oh, there's the next one. Quick, get in the closet. Yeah, but, but Don't I... argue. In you go. Gee, it's, it's so dark in here, I can't see a thing. Oh, 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 there's, there's someone else in here. Uh, <clears throat> Allow me to introduce myself. I'm High Everback, star of the show. Uh, who are you? Bob Hope, the guy you used to work for. <laughs> hey, Bob, what are you doing in here? What? What are you doing in here? I'm just checking the location of my Rose Bowl seats. <laughs> Shh, let's listen. Oh, come right in, Santa. Oh, you're the most darling one yet. Well, thank you. Oh, I'm so excited. You don't need your hat. Take off that tassel. We'll get out of the mistletoe and wrestle. <laughs> But I know what I mean. <laughs> this may be the start of a beautiful romance, unless he knows how to break out of a half Nelson. Let's not waste time, Santa. Let's go out caroling. Well, she's gone. Come on, hi. Let's get out of here. Oh, that's fine. We're locked in. Oh, that's great. Hey, hey, this must be the liquor closet by the smell. Yeah, yeah. I wonder where that strong smell of whiskey is coming from. I even hear some gurgling. That's me, boy. I'm putting something in my pot. <laughs> memory of Christmas here today in the good old USA. It's peace on earth, goodwill toward men in our old old-fashioned way. And we thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun reliving some of the Christmases we've shared together. It was wonderful to hear all the great people on all these shows. Folks like Francis Langford and Frank Sinatra. Wendell Nile, Vera Vague, Les Brown and his band, High Everbeck, Irene Ryan, Nat King Cold, Jerry Colonna, the new Christie Minstrels, Bill Goodwin, Jack Put Something in a Pot, Boy Kirkwood, Stan Freeberg, Margaret Whiting, Al Jolson, Louis Armstrong, Peter Leeds, Tony Martin, Frank Nelson, Jack Webb, Freeman Gosden, Charles Carell, and of course, Bing Crosby. My thanks also to John Denver, Jim Henson, and the Oak Ridge Boys for joining us for this NBC Christmas. And to all of you who've listened and watched through the years, my undying gratitude and best wishes for the merriest, happiest Christmas tide ever. This holiday season, the words of the song were never more appropriate. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, everybody. You've been listening to a Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know. Brought to you by Whitman's. Makers of quality box chocolate since 1842. And by Kraft. Kraft hopes you enjoyed this family reunion holiday presentation. And we look forward to having you join us the next time we present something special from Kraft.
A Bob Hope NBC Christmas was engineered by Steve Arthur with Bruce Briggs in Hollywood, Roseanne Inzerillo in New York, and disc mastering by Tom Coyne. Special thanks to Gerald Gibson at the Library of Congress, Ken Cantor at Bob Hope Enterprises, and Ron Simon at the Museum of Broadcasting. Rosemary Emanuel and Patricia Viscardi were our production assistants. Narration coordination by Barney McNulty and John Bowden. Assistant to the producer, David Gibson. A Bob Hope NBC Christmas, just like the ones we used to know, was directed by Wendy Maxwell and was originated and produced by Guy Ludwig. This is Bill St. James. Speaking for Kraft, Whitman's, and all of us at NBC, Merry Christmas. up on KXL, we'll have news from the NBC Radio Network at 11 o'clock, then a full hour of Christmas music. The KXL Midday Edition with Lars Larson and Jeff Grimes comes your way at noon. At 1 o'clock this afternoon, a family Christmas with Frank Sinatra. And at 2, the Johnny Mathis Christmas Special. KXL Portland. With that, we'll talk to you tomorrow night with Patricia here on Yesterday USA. Merry Christmas, everybody. Jaws Professional Sound Force Pro Live Escape Escape Enter Enter Menu File Men A M O N D A Y N I G H T One Two Dash One One Dash One Seven S E C O N D P C I T A P A T R I C I A Save as type combo box wave microsoft save but enter. JAWS Professional. Skype status online. Select all tab. Skype trade all tab. Sound Forge Pro 11.